She doesn't want to die. Well, I mean, no, none of us want to die. Well, see, I'm actually okay with dying. I just don't want to, it to be like one of those scary deaths where I'm, I'm all in panic. You know? The only reason you're okay with dying is because you haven't won a game in about four months. What? <laughs> Burn. Them's fighting words. Burn. That's alright, I have no problem fighting you because you apparently love to die. screwed over today because of that. And technology. So, I think that we're, we got a little commander cast connection there. Maybe. It's tenuous. Yeah. Tenuous at best. Commandercast.com Hello everyone, and welcome to Commandercast episode 216. We're your weekly source for community, strategy, and technology, hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. You should be listening. We're recording this on September 10th, 2016. I'm your host of the show, William, and joining me, as always, are my perennial co-hosts, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm sitting here currently downloading a few more sound effects to be used in... What is your past but my current future episode of Squirecast? Ah, oh, man, time travel is interesting. Yep. Uh, let's see here. That's why we so have the Doctor Who effects at the end. Yeah, so for the listeners out there that are interested currently, we are doing this on Thursday, and I'm actually putting the finishing touches up on last Friday's episode of Squirecast. And if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's on the main site, and it's also going to be on mtgcast.com as well. And if you go listen to it, you will get a chance to hear their Zendikar Primer, where they discuss, what is it? Basically, like, lore of stuff that happened on Zendikar, how the Eldrazi got there, how the Eldrazi got out, and all the various intermit things in between from then until then. Yep, so Calvin's confirmed for 13th Doctor. I wish. But then again, I don't want to be the 13th, because if I was a 13th, then he still wouldn't be redheaded. Ah. So we also have Mark joining us today. How are you doing today, Mark? Good, man. Good. Hey, you know, I, I don't mean to hijack this for a second, but I got a, something I need to ask the listeners and you guys, too. So I have a couple students this year who are really into magic. It's only like the first week or two of school. But they're also reluctant readers. But they seem really interested in getting into some of the magic novels. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing about them. So I tried to make it, full disclosure, I tried to make it about halfway through the Brothers War, and I put it down because I just, I couldn't do it, man. I'm sorry. Really? Uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. I just, uh, no, it wasn't for me. So, which is fine. Huh. It's just one of those, like, which is odd because, like, I, I do dig fantasy, but I think I'm really kind of selective in my fantasy. Like, Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is my favorite book. And I love Game of Thrones and some of the other fan, like some of the other fantasy novels. Like I dove pretty deep on The Witcher this this summer because I was way into The Witcher three. Um, but I don't know, man. The magic novels has never stuck with me, so I have no basis oh. for comparison for which ones are good and which ones are total crap. And also, those things are actually kind of hard to get a hold of now. So, yeah. like, so okay, oh. I need some help, listeners. Okay, right? so, so kiddos. What I'm gonna recommend is that you actually instead of the novels, you turn them onto the magic 
you know, Uncharted Realms articles that go up on the mother site, starting with mm-hmm. the origin, origin stuff. Because to me, that is a lot more cohesive and better put together than the novels were. I think up to this point, my favorite novel is the Return to Ravnica one, because that's the only one that actually feels like it was written well. Like, I enjoyed the fact that Theros actually started Elspeth, and it was something I was looking forward to a while, but it also felt a little rushed. I will. I would totally be with you, man. If I didn't work in a public school and our Wi-Fi wasn't total shit, so odds of them Not actually to being if able you're in to a public read school, it? the uh, the magic website might even be blocked. Also, yeah, actually, you know what? Good point because they block everything. Like it's some draconian like 1989 uh-huh. weird fucking pseudo world. So yeah, that one's probably out. But I mean, if anyone's got, I mean, like, and also it's a thing that the kid can read from my class to class. And when I tell everyone else to pull out books, like there's a book, whatever. I mean, I have no problem with like like electronic versions of this. If those things exist, I would be super surprised if there were electronic versions of the magic novels that existed. Um, um well, who knows? Some of them you can find as PDFs actually. Okay, um, hey, that would work. A lot of the time, you can find scans. I have Jesus Christ, I'm the four entire, stories behind. The uh, the artifacts cycle, which is the Brothers War, Planeswalker, those ones. Um, I have them as PDFs. I can dig them up if you want them. Um, oh, I would totally. Do that. I I pretty like <coughs> the Brothers War, but if I always recommend against reading Planeswalker, which is the second one, just because it's so long and drawn out, and not much actually happens. Like if if you find the Brothers War boring, you will find Planeswalker immensely uh, annoying. Just a, just a slog, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's so many magic novels at this point that I couldn't... Yeah. I, um, I, I, I also I read the first Tommy Gobble one a really long time ago, and it was pretty good. Okay. Um, you see, the the biggest issue with that for you, Mark, is, is that the Planeswalkers that they know in the game have horrible writing hardly written stories for most of them. <laughs> Don't so give like, them, um... Like, the Search like, for Karn? Like, into the Teeth of a Coom? Yeah, and the, the Teeth of a Coom and stuff like that. Most of the current magic... Most of the current planeswalkers have bad stories written for them. Not necessarily saying that the stories over time are that bad. It's just that the actual individual novels aren't that great. So I shouldn't and give then, them like that Dak Fadden, the Doc Faden comic book? Oh, God, no. no. Oh, dear God. Oh, don't do that. That's that. That's <laughs> The no worst thing about that comic I, I, wasn't even the fact that. that I wanted to punch a smarmy face every time it was there. It was, one, because he's jumping from plane to plane all over the place, it's really hard to keep track of where the hell he actually is because they don't do a good job mm-hmm. conveying of, you know, the actual act of planes walking. Like, in the first cha- chapters, that he's jumping, like, three or four planes to get away from someone. And he just keeps walking into more trouble. There's just no time... They don't take time to actually develop scenes or some of the side characters. And at the for the first arc, he's nothing but bad Batman. Like, he's just... His whole thing is, okay, there's this woman who led a massacre on his village, and he's trying to track her down, and it's nothing but that. And his tagline is, greatest thief of the multiverse. Like, I'm, I'm expecting, like, some sort of heist, maybe Indiana Jonesy kind of guy. But the number one, the number one cardinal sin is that during the part that he's on Innistrad, he gets, like, this kind of side character, sidekick type person. She's, like, a Cather and stuff. They do the cliched, at the end of the story, the hero kisses the girl and, and all that. And I'm just like, she barely knows you. I can understand you being a horrible horn dog, but come on, girl! You just met the fucker! What the actual hey. hell? Hey, what's not hey, sex shame? You know, 2015. 
Look, he's the greatest thief in the multiverse. He steals hearts as well, William. Just like he's going to steal Elspeth's heart when he gets Theros and brings her back from the dead. So this has been one That's... hell of a side tangent. Let's go ahead and get this back yeah, on but, track. But, 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 uh, Clay, how are you doing today? Clay, you ask, monkey. <laughs> like I said back and let everybody say what they were going to say about the novels. I started doing it, and then William just cuts me the fuck off. You know what? Fuck it. Go ahead, Clay. Do your thing, obviously. Because, you know, I, am well. I can always talk later. I am doing well. I am amused at where this conversation ended up. Hi, amused. I'm William. Welcome to the show. Uh, You're not even a dad that we know of. Honestly, working at at Card Academy makes me feel otherwise. There's a number of... Anyways, moving on. So, feeling good. Okay, and of course, we are not alone here tonight. Tonight, we have a very special guest. We've got Hayes the Hayes joining us today. How you doing, Hayes? Hey, hello. What's up? Hayes, it's been a while. So, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been, uh, working, like, almost all summer trying to find a job, and, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but I actually think that, uh, I, I made a, a major breakthrough today with, a an intellectual, uh, property, uh, training firm, that I might be able to get out with them. I'll, I'll find out more very, very soon, but I'm trying not to jinx anything. I'm just trying to, uh, get my fingers crossed, but, uh, that, that, that's why I haven't been making as much content recently, because I, I've been, uh, networking and meeting people and, like, doing real-world things that aren't magic. Uh, but, uh, beyond that, uh, uh, things, things are going pretty well. Awesome. Well, fingers crossed for you. So, when you do make content, what are you, re- what are you responsible for? Um, the main thing that I produce for Commander Cast is a series called, uh, Let's Kill. It's a series that, uh, aims to just inform, uh, the readers on, uh, how to best pilot uh, a deck and also to have the information so that when they're playing a the game, they can be aware of what the opponent is trying to do. So it's, it's kind of, kind of serves both people who want to play the deck and people who want to, uh, know how to better play against the deck. Yep. And you've got quite a few fans who actually requested that, that stuff to come back. So, of course, in order to keep this gravy train rolling, we have to go ahead and do favorite commanders this week. So Hayes, as a guest, you get to go first. Who are you sitting down with? Yay! So, uh, my, my pick this week is, uh, uh, Zada, uh, Heater and Grinder. Hope I pronounced that right. Uh, so, uh, it's actually one of the new Spoiled Commanders. It, uh, it was spoiled. Where, where, where was it spoiled? It was spoiled September on, 8th. It was on, on, uh, on Wizards, uh, on the Watson site. And it is a 3-3, uh, legendary goblin ally. And it says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada, Copy that spell for each other creature you control, and the spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So, um, I feel like a lot of people kind of just write this off as an ally. And, and, and to be honest, I, I wrote this off as an ally when I first saw it, and I, I didn't really like get that pumped up about it. But I realized um, that Molly Red has a lot of uh, like, uh, uh, of pump spells that you can pump the attack of, of creatures. And so, I've already designed a deck that hopefully I'm going to be able to proxy up tomorrow, uh, where you can either, uh, pile up, like, you can do a massive dog pile on the one creature with like, uh, like, like 20 pump spells or, or more, with, like all the different, uh, mana rituals that the, the deck has available to it. Or, you can go wide and play a few goblins, and then on turn, like, six, say, you can untap like, pump your Zada three times, and then, like, all the other goblin tokens you have, they all suddenly become, like, 10 or 12 power creatures, and you just, like, sink somebody. God, titanic strength just becomes stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, weird tricks you can do. Like, there are ways that you can 
guards, some player guys, and they're, they're eating like one or two uh, backdoor combos that you can threaten. It, it's, a, it's a pretty cool deck, and I'll probably write a, a Let's Kill on it once I figure out like a, a, a tail or necklace. Awesome. All right, then. So next up, Clay, who are you playing? Um, I have had two incredibly fantastic weeks with Tassiger the Golden Fang playing French List FNM at my store at school. Um, both weeks I went completely undefeated in Swiss and then made it to the finals in the top four. Um, the first match that I lost was this past week when I literally lost to Maelstrom Wanderer having really, really good RNG on the Cascades. Um, game one. I had a Maze of Ith, and he cascaded into Time Warp, and on the extra turn revealed Temporal Mastery, and then was able to bounce my Maze of Ith to kill me with commander damage straight up. And then the second one, I had the Maze, and then he cascaded into Ral's Eric to keep it tapped. So, hmm. yeah, lost lost to... Uh, you lost to Ral's Eric. Lost to RNG's Jesus there. Um, but this week, I am shuffling up Yisan, the Wanderer Bard, Um Goldfishing it, I've had like a, ten, a very consistent turn five crater hoof kill. Um, it should be fun. Oh my. Yeah. Calvin, who are you bring to the table? Calvin. Is he pulling a mark? Is his, hey, I'm not even muted this time. Am I pulling a mark? No, I'm actually, were, were you speaking with... Which, where is he? He was here just a second ago. There we go. Um, there we go. So for my commander for the week, the commander I'm going to be discussing will be... Uh, Manda, Ambush Leader, is a recently spoiled commander. And the main reason I'm bringing him up is because it's been a very, very long time since I've seen a red-white legendary creature that I do not want at the helm of my red-white deck. And he reminds me of exactly how bad Boros could have been had they had chosen to continuously do things like this with my favorite legendary creatures. But it's, it's Goblin Ringleader for allies. Not at the helm of my deck. How many allies are there? Already? <laughs> well, not even, not even Goblin Ringleader. Like, Ringleader adds him to your hand, doesn't he? It's a weird mixture between uh, Recruiter and Ringleader. But also when I first saw that new legend guy, I actually thought about Ringleader, but when I finished reading his ability, I was pretty disappointed. Because <laughs> the main problem for me is that at the helm of the deck, that means you only have access to red, white, and any colorless allies that you would have, which puts you at, like, what, 16, 17 currently, I think it is, something like that. Mm-hmm. So out of a 100-card deck, yeah, he's going to give you one guy, maybe, if you're lucky, at the top, and then the rest is like, oh, well, that's not helping. And then you end up, like, playing a new version of Gideon with him, and then that guy keeps tossing down the eyelash token. So you keep looking, but outside of that, you're never hitting anything. But in a multicolor deck, he'd probably be just fine because, you know, you have a chance to add more allies. Whereas with him at the helm of the deck, no. And the thing is, what, what's the other? Calvin. 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 Calvin, where'd you go? I'm telling you, the immense shittiness of this new legendary creature is just the bold over Calvin, man. Yeah. But, hey, look at the bright side. When we actually do get the Zendikar full spoilers week, we're going to have a fun time just talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm. <laughs> like, I actually don't. Well, I actually wonder if I want to experiment with, like, Naya allies as a tribe for my Naya deck, maybe. Hmm. Could be good. I don't know. Like, allies are fun, man. They are. But then I think, do I really want to play with Munda? No. Nope. The answer is no. So, apparently Munda is so bad, Calvin has just dropped off the face of the earth. So let's go ahead and go on to Mark. Mark, who did you bring this week? 
Uh, this week, to keep uh, riding on the Allies train, I'm going with Reaper King, which is just my five-color Allies deck. Um, <laughs> and I use Reaper King at the helm because I have a crap ton of clone effects, and so I just, like, when I'm in a tight spot, I just cast Reaper King, then clone the Reaper King and blow crap up. Um, that's giving me a hard time. Um, oh, yeah, because the clones can be Allies. Yeah. So, I do that, and then, and then I don't know, I... I don't know, I... Whoa. Whoa. I'm back. Echo. Let me <laughs> Oh, it's gone now. Damn it. Um, I was like super epic there for like 30 seconds. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I've been looking through the spoilers and looking at, at allies I would add to the deck. And I have to say, man, I don't know, there's not too many yet. Like, Munda Ambush Leader? Like, nah, dude, you can, you can stay in the back of the pack. You're not making it. And like, if you don't make it into my derpy five color allies deck, like, I think there's something wrong. Like, there's something seriously wrong if you don't make it into that deck. Like, the Tajaru Warcaller, the dude who just gives creatures plus two, plus two. Like, I'm good with that. Like, that dude's probably making it in there. There's a couple other cards in there that look kind of cool. The new, I don't know, on, I'm on MTG Salvation, and it, all it says is new Drana, and it's just one black, black, like we were talking about it before the show. Like, that one looks pretty sweet. So, uh, what? There, I, I don't see a black, black one. I see a black, white one. This one, there is a black-white no, one. No, it's Drana's Emissary, the one that was spoiled on limited resources. Yeah. Yeah. And but, now this one, there, it's, it's all it's called, there's a little tilde, and it says New Drana. It's, it's on the Battle for Zendikar spoilers on MTG Salvation page. Like, it's on the, the front yes, of the page Yes, right I did. I, I'm not paying attention to Salvation now that Mythic Spoilers are thing. At least Mythic Spoilers yeah. w- waits for some sort of more confirmation. <laughs> confirmation. Yeah, so who knows? This could totally just be, like, Vapor card. It could never exist. But it looks cool right now. I mean, uh-huh. I, I mean, I see them making a new Drana card, and I'll be excited for that. Yeah, that because, I mean, they have Drana's Emissary, right? Like, that's the white-black one. So I'm Guys, guessing... they would have to make a, a new black-white Drana right before the black-white star that came out. Uh, maybe, I guess. I don't know. But like I said, I mean, I'm yeah. down with Allies because Allies is an awesome tribe. Union, sorry. They're an awesome Union. We've gone over this. So Allies but, Local 207. Um, yeah, but still, like, out of the ones out of here that I would play, I probably would, like, use, uh, what was it, Result Blade Master? Or Resolute yeah, Blade Master? Yeah, the dude who gives uh, the double strike. Right, like if yeah, he was the commander, cool. like if he was a legendary guy, hell yeah, I'd play him because I'd cast him, he'd come in, and suddenly all my creatures have double strike. And if he yeah, died, seriously. I wouldn't care because I keep using them. And why? So you look at him. All right, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about spoilers forever, but Jesus Christ, you look at Munda, and then you look at that dude, and you're like, why is one of these shitty and legendary, and the other is is totally would fit at the top slot of a Boros deck, and it's not legendary. Like, why? Why did you do this? Why? Well, well, you know what? We can talk about some more when we actually get to our preview sh- pre- Spoiler? Full-on look at the set, set and how pretty it is episode. Sure. Yeah. Long story short, yeah. allies are awesome. Go play allies. Yeah, that way we'll have some time to digest it a little bit and see what the rest of the set does with this. Wait, hold on a second, William. You're trying to say that's not what we're doing today? No, no, no. We're not, not today. No. I thought that's what we signed up for for tonight. No, not tonight. Come on, Kevin. I'm, I'm taking my earphone out. I'm done. Okay, so I'm looking at the schedule that I'm looking at right now. And next week is our look back review for Khan's blo- set. Khan's and Tarkir. Khan's and Tarkir. Khan's and Tarkir. And then the week after that, we'll have the fullest spoiler on Watsi's mothership, which means we can go ahead and discuss everything that's in the set. Spoilers. And then October 1st, we can go ahead and do a rampy ramp episode. Rampity ramp. At some point, I would like to talk about, uh, like, like getting into a slump. 
Not just because we had a listener suggest that topic, but I feel like I'm getting into a slump. Actually, I was feeling something like that recently, too. So, yeah, we can go ahead and have that right after the ramp episode. Sounds sweet. <laughs> All right, so you li- hear it first. You hear a little teaser as to what we're planning. All right, if so- I decide to leave it in. If dun, decide to- dun, dun. I can always dangle it. Dangle, dangle, dangle. Dangle that teaser. All right, so I'm the only one who's left. And my commander of the leak is Tristani, so let's his voice. Not because she's my favorite, but because she used to be a favorite. And after playing with her last Tuesday at EDH night at Card Academy, which is a fantastic shop, you should look it up, I've decided to go ahead and just retire that deck. Like, Damn. Wait, what? I, harsh. Back when Return of Ravnica came out, you know, like, I got the, tr- I got like two Tristanis at my pre-release when I was playing Celestia. And like, that was so fucking sweet! Like, two Tristanis in my deck. And I had like the, uh, the temple land so that I could just tap stuff and make a giant 8-8. And then I actually got to populate a couple times and that was so fucking sweet! And like, that was the first time I did, I got sixth place, like actually prized and got packs. Like, there was so much going on for that. So when I went ahead and, and turned Reese into a Tristani deck, and started make you know like making the tokens bigger, making them worth populating. Like I had so much fun with this deck during Return to Ravnica block. Like I would get beaten down because I was missing land drops. But then once I started hitting land drops and got your sign the stick and started populating angels, I would get all that life back. Like this was a great deck. But I realized last week that I haven't played it in a year and a half because I've been testing all the other decks. And I thought, well. For some reason, I'm just not excited to play this deck anymore. So I said, you know what? I'll just take it to EDH night. We'll play some games with nothing but this deck. See how it runs. And unfortunately, Justani has a reputation now. Like, you go back to Return Around Nick Block. You know, Justani is still new, and people don't really know how powerful she is. They're like, oh, okay, she gets life, and you make, like, what? One token? Sure. Nowadays, people know to keep Justani off the board. I cast her, like, six times in a row because I literally had nothing else I could do. And I realized that the deck that I built just required way too much setup. Like, normally you want to have, like, Tristani get on the board, and then you can go ahead and make your token so that she can populate if anything was to happen to it. But then there's, like, Borras, the, the meta shift, like, Tristani just couldn't keep up. So, in the interest of just kind of recycling some cards and freeing up some space, I've decided to just go ahead and retire Tristani. Thanks, Tristani. It's been a lot of fun. Well. How many copies ever do you still have? Um, I'm pretty sure I still only have the two. Like, I had one, and then the other one became my backup copy that I was holding in my fireproof safe in case, like, you know, like if... Of emergency. Yeah, like if my collection got burned or stolen or anything like that, then I would have, like, the commanders left over, and I could just start over from scratch with those right off, <laughs> right off the bat. So... Fireproof safe for that? Well, not as a fireproof safe so much as a fireproof, like, lockbox that I keep my important documents into. And his commanders are in there with him. Hmm. So this uh, this is actually a good thing though because I wanted to be I wanted to remake my Naya deck too. Like Gahiji was okay and I liked some of the things that the deck was doing, but Gahiji's not that exciting. Now that you say that, I actually now want to know how much Tristani runs. Not much. She's that much. No, nah, she's not that expensive. That like she she was like three ish dollars when I sold one to someone last week who was building a Doran deck. Which she is sweet, fucking amazing in that deck. She really is. Like, you don't want to talk about backing up that ass? She's got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's the that's the only life gain spell I think I run in my Doran deck, and I I'm regularly sitting around like sixty seventy life. Like it's just (laughs) ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But see, like one of my favorite plays with this Tristani deck used to be like play Tristani Summoner, get a two two, a three three, and a four four, 
let the summer die, and then put it under the mimic fat. Then for six mana, I can make a to- copy that's a token that comes into play and makes three other tokens. So that's like, let's see, that's like eight more points of power. And then I can populate the summoner token with, Selesny- with Tristani and get another eight points of power. Token. Like that is that, token, that was, token. Like I still, I still have pictures from when I, I was playing that game, and it was stupid. I ran out of rhinos, centaurs, and knights way too fast. But it's a good game, man. Yeah. Now I have plans to just kind of merge Gahiji and Tristani together, s- kind of see what I come up with. Uh, put Marath at the helm. You know, that's a good topic, like for the show one of these days. Like, when do you retire a deck? I think. Yeah. You I know? Think, yeah. Like it's a good, that's a good that's a good conversation starter because there are some decks that I've definitely looked at and be like, nah, it's time to rip you apart. You know? Like, it's not doing the thing you want to do or, I don't know, like, new things have done come out that do something better and it's like, it's not the new hotness anymore so you're like, eh. Or maybe the deck never kind of worked or just, you know, for whatever, there's a million different reasons why you might tear it apart, but. Yeah, but then the. I realized that most of my decks are like moths and butterflies and caterpillars. It's like they go through a metamorphosis. They never really like die, but they do change into other things. Inevitably, it's nowhere near what it was originally, but it's still kind of like the same life form. Yeah, no, I mean, most, I think most of my decks are like that too, Calvin. But I mean, there are definitely some decks I've just retired. Like I used to have a really nasty Sabra stacks deck that I just retired because everyone's like, fuck you, dude. I don't want to play against that deck. So I'm like, oh, all right. Cause yeah, you know, smoke stack. Here's a question I'd have to ask though. When you say retire, do you mean like a deck that you played a while and then it's like, yeah, I've enjoyed it or whatever and you just kind of took it apart? Or it's like, or would it be like, here's a deck. I played it. It sucked. I'm not doing this no more. You're done. Well, see, when we do I that, mean, you can retire for a couple. I guess that's like you're getting fired. Cause, so. Yeah, because I want yeah. considered. I want. Yeah, as I was say, like I would say, like you know, because if we're talking about decks, we just take apart. Like I've got plenty <laughs> of decks that uh, just have not been able to well hold, uh, keep up to the standards, so they've been future endeavored. Well, hold on, Calvin. We can, that sounds like an awesome topic that we can have. Tired, fired, and retired. Yep. yep. So you will have three awesome planned episodes after Battle for Zendikar comes out. Listeners, how awesome is that? Yeah, so keep, keep listening, and sometime within the next, like, three months, we'll be discussing all the topics we're currently discussing <laughs> in little bits and pieces for you. So the TLDR version... So the TLDR version of my favorite command this week is that Josiah's game retired, and I figured, hey, you know what, Sigarda's already green-white. I I have no plans of taking her apart anytime soon, so... For my deck, I have a deck of every color combination. Sigarda went from just being a special condition, okay, she's above the rules, to, okay, she's now just the Selesnya deck for me. Aww. All right, then. <clears throat> I am feeling a little hoarse, so I'll have to get water after I make these announcements. <clears throat> so, if you love what we do here at CommanderCast, be sure to check us out on the website, which we will be upgrading soon. Monday, you get CommanderCast Prime. You can subscribe to our RSS feed. I'm not entirely sure how RSS feeds work, but I know that you can subscribe to them and get them directly to your phone, your iPod, however it is you do it. Tuesday, we alternate between Journey to Somewhere, which is my homage to Mara's podcast by driving somewhere and just talking about whatever comes to the mind, and Mark's podcast, Deck Builder Spotlight, where I have to say, Mark, I, that deck and Blackblade deck, that, is so, that, dude, Kurt's so, deck was so sweet. It's so cool! <laughs> 
It, it is. It's just like the biggest. I should, we should do more flavory tribes on Deckloader Spotlight because that thing is like won all the flavor awards. That thing was awesome. So shout out to Kirk. That thing was amazing, man. Thank you for emailing me. And thanks. It, actually, God, man, I have to apologize to everybody else. I mean, it's been the start of school, so I'm a little bit backed up. I literally have like I don't know, like eight different interviews I need to schedule but... for the show. So I'm I'm a little backed up at the moment, but keep them coming, man. I like. September is busy for me, like no lie. Like I won't be on the podcast next week because open house is a thing and it's terrible, but whatever. So like it's a little busy the next couple of weeks, but after that we you know, slow and steady. Oh Mark's not gonna be here for the Target Care look back review. Yeah, sorry guys. If if it helps any, I would much rather be here than just doing the dog and pony show at my school. I love teaching, but I don't like just standing up and talking about what I teach with a PowerPoint back of me. All that's, right. That's boring. Calvin, make a note for us to find a guest for the Collins of Tarkier episode. Wednesday is our strategy segment, and you know what? Eric finally wrapped up the Dexplanation series. That's true. He did, man. He put a bow on it this week. Not to say there won't ever be more Dexplanations, but, you know, you went on a good run this week. Uh, you know, if you need a good recap of what all the, all the other uh, Dexplanation articles were about, um, this is going to be a good one. You can kind of go back through and get your fix, you know, check out some of the other articles. And then now he's going to transition to a few more in general topics, which is the other series that he runs. Yeah, well, what was this, a nine-part primer for deck building? Yeah, I mean, not including the intro one. Yeah, it's about nine parts. Like... This is shit that you usually see on Star City or whatever, and we have it on our website. How awesome is that? Yeah, it was pretty sweet, man. So, yeah, every Wednesday, dude's like clockwork. Eric is a machine, man, in the nicest possible way. Yep. <laughs> well, Thursday. You know, Iron Man. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Not Thur- our Terminator. Thursday, free-for-all articles. This is where you'll usually see Hayes' let's kill stuff when he's able to actually come up with some things. But it's also where we post... Hayes is Terminator. Mm. It's off so- Well, he is, he is running burn, so it makes sense. It's also where we put Rivals Duel by No Clausen and Eric Bonvey, the Canadian comedians. They go ahead, they bicker and they fight. It alternates with The Stack with, hey, Eric aka Grandpa Growth is there and he's there with Aaron aka Uncle Landrops. Uh, they went, uh, Aaron went through a bit of a move. Did Aaron really move across country? I think it was still in the works, was it not? I think he's currently working on it now, but like, he's moving to Seattle from somewhere on the East Coast. <laughs> Lower to, so it's literally going like diagonally, like yeah. the longest possible route across the country. You can go in the contiguous forty-eight states, <laughs> unless you want to go straight to to Alaska. Contiguous, man. Continuous yeah. forty-eight states, William. What part of continuous and forty-eight you didn't understand? What part of NX Canada don't you understand? Also, you Canada. know what, man? I tried to drive to Alaska from from Seattle once. It's a pain in the ass. There are no actual roads that go along the coast. Ooh. Like, it just stops in a mountain range, and then you have to go, like, through the fucking Yukon. It's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what's not a pain in the butt? Listening to Squirecast every Friday. That's right. If you're a newer player or, you know what, you just want to go get involved in some thought-provoking discussion, go ahead and get Squirecast to listen to. And that's also when we post up our technology segments. Hey, but Uncle Landrops does that. Jesus, how much do, th- do these guys work on our website? It's amazing. They do all the work. Oh, hey, now. Not, yeah. <laughs> a website side, not like Calvin does all the editing. So. There you go. So, awesome production team, as always. And, hey, if you want to go ahead and get in discussion on any of these, we have a Reddit thread located right there in the show notes. Now that we're going ahead and run through our weekly schedule, let's go ahead and get time to get things kicked off. Uh, guys, Aaron sent me an email, and I think it's pretty pertinent to your interests. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. 
with with all that talk about retiring Tristani, I thought we were in the community segment. It's true, yeah, we're kind of all over the goddamn place tonight. Yeah, but hey, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Like, see, even when we're off topic, we're kind of secretly on topic. All right, so for our community segment today, I bring to to our cast right here. A bit of a discussion topic. So, Aaron, a.k.a. Uncle Landrops, emailed me a couple days ago, which apparently my phone doesn't like updating me on whether I have emails in my inbox for the Commandicast account or not, so I'm just going to get into the habit of checking that daily now. And he said that, you know, the new website that we're working on is coming out fantastic, and everything's going smoothly so far, but when they tried fitting the banner up, you know, the sweet one that we have done by Judson of the stained glass with the sh- giant shark and Rex Steel and Ib, when they tried to, to put that onto the new website format, it just wouldn't fit. So they came to me asking what I wanted to do, you know, asking if I wanted them to try and refit it or if you just go for something new. So then I thought, well, you know what? This is just a great opportunity. Like, we're already moving away from this being just Commandicast. Like, we're so much more now. We are Commandicast Prime here that you're listening to right now. But this is now just kind of a part of a larger Commandicast network. Like, we have Rivals Duel. The stack is something that Aaron and, and Eric and Uncle Landros are doing. Eric the Canadian and Noel Clausen are doing Rivals Duel. Matt's posting Dodo Video Bird stuff. Mark's got Deco Spotlight. I'm doing Journey to Somewhere. Like, we, we're so much bigger than what we used to be under Andy that it's actually just building a, a network right now. So I love how we completely forgot about the six-pack that is worth me, but that's okay. Continue. Well, if you would drink on a holiday... I would drink on a holiday, but somebody told me not to. I said no more than one one every quarter of a year. Mm -hmm. If you would actually make one a quarter of a year, we wouldn't have to forget that six-pack review was a thing. If I got a chance to drink... I I don't forget, Calvin. I I remember. Yeah, see, Hayes remembered. See? Love you, Hayes. (laughs) Much love, brother. So, the thing I want to go ahead and ask you guys is, like, let's go ahead and just talk about what we're doing. And then, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of explain kind of the bullet points of what I sent back to Aaron. Like, Okay, so if we're, if we're planning a new banner for the site, uh, let's see. Giant Shark out of those three could potentially go. Actually, I think Rex Seal and Giant Shark are going to be... Excited. It should be a great whale instead of a shark. Or a whale versus a shark. Also, or, um, or, or Court killer Street Denizen. Denizen. Court Street Denizen, yeah, that's really Court good. Court Street Denizen is also really good with Grimaz and Assemble. Hey, why don't we hit up, um, why don't we hit up King Honky, man? He's the, he's the artist in the audience, at least that I know of. Maybe. So. I went ahead and included, uh, Judson in the preliminary email to hear what Judson has to say about it, because he came out with the original stained glass. But, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could definitely see hitting up Keen Hockey for some of that. Wasn't, hey, Calvin, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Keen Hockey, was it Keen Hockey who did the, uh, donated the altars for the charity drive we did a couple of years ago? Or was that uh, someone else? The charity drive that we did? Yeah, like someone won uh, a couple of the altars that was, we raffled off and then he did their Sidrian stuff. It was King Honky and one of your friends, but your, I don't think your friend ever got to request. Nah. King Honky just did a sweet altar of uh, Timerit into the Burger King. Yeah, I saw that one. That was fucking sweet. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like, the like I've been hitting, like, uh, when I emailed Aaron back, I basically had uh, three bullet points I wanted to hit up. Like, one, this is, like, a great opportunity to start branding the CommanderCast network because compared to where we were back when Andy was running the show, this is more than just CommanderCast Prime here. We're also running Rivals Duel. We have SquireCast now. And then Matt's putting up Dodo Bird videos every once in a while. 
So, like, this is a good time to actually start pushing the fact that we're bigger than just the Prime show now. And the other main point was, I actually just want to feature Ib. Like, I want to start shifting the focus to Ib as the main mascot. Cause he's already in the center. Like, yeah, like, he's already in the center. He's already part of the same glass. But, like, Rexio and Shark have kind of fallen off. But Ib's still there. Like, to me... Ib is eternal. Ib is eternal. Like, Ib is the bridge gap between but, when but Andy think- was running the show and when I run the show. Well, the thing for Rexiel is is that, one, he's already in the Commander Cast icon logo, the blue and white one that we typically use. True. Yes. Mm. He, and he is also in the Commander Cast approved stamp, the, uh, com, uh, what was it, Commander Cast tested Rexiel approved stamp that's using in the corner of the website. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm. So see- Rexiel, he doesn't need to be on the back of any marquee because he's already, like, sneakily everywhere else. Mm. See, my counter-argument is we can keep Rexio as the logo-slash-mascot of Commander Cast Prime, but we can promote Ib to mascot of Commander Cast Network. That way, that way we keep both of them, but Ib is, has more prominence. See, the thing for it is, that, like, if, that, if we're going to end up doing that, I would think that this would be a perfect time for us to actually select a different commander. I mean, there's that option, too. I mean, don't get me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ib is amazing. Rexiel is amazing. Giant Shark is amazing. But they are key points of what I would consider Commander Cast Past or Commander Past. Mm. And we don't normally discuss Rexiel on the show as much. I mean, every once in a while it does come up, but not nearly as much. Ib comes up constantly because, you know, Ib is one of the primary card um, legends we always end up discussing. Yep, and also because I still play the deck. It's one of my favorites. And, yeah, and I still have Ib. I, he, I have Cranko at the helm of the deck, but it's still technically the same deck that Ib had, just with a little bit more Cranko at the top. And they can easily just swap out anyway. But And it just seems like this would be like the perfect time for us to include like a newer commander. Hmm. Instead of having the space go where the giant shark is, like, I don't know, maybe like Talia or I don't know. What's like, another command to talk about? Like, well, the other idea that I had, and this Ixidor. one. Ixidor. <laughs> Ixidor. But Ixidor. Yeah. Never like, Ixidor. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, but this is like, yeah, but you see what I'm Ixidor. saying. See, the, the other idea that I had, and this one I actually haven't shot to Aaron yet, is that maybe we kind of get like a, a cast or so, or something, like, Maybe we have like a commander that represents our main shows, or maybe maybe we go up to like four characters together in just kind of a banner type art representing the group or something like that. But that, that was the someone case, do like an Avengers be... altar. Huh? Avengers altar would be pretty pretty sweet. Uh, we could just stick with finding two other commanders that we seem to talk about constantly that represent other aspects for community strategy technology. Like we have to. Pick... I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the thing for it is, is like it's one of those things where it's like not to like say too much about it. like I would say this would be the perfect time to bring in like Ashling, but we already have a good red commander that we discussed with Ib, so there would already be that. You know what? This would be a good time to try to find a good commander that we discuss of each five colors and have them there. Like we need like a good like mono blue, mono green, mono white, and mono black commander that we discuss, or at least like one commander from the four of us. And if we have, or, and, because if we have, like, Yusan. this, like, before, the Wanderwind Bard, Yusan. The Wanderer Bard. Hmm. Uh, I, still, I, I, still, I still can't get over the name, Wandering Bard. Yeah. It yeah. should be Wandering, but it's Wanderer. It should be the Wanderer Bard. Hey, you know, we don't have this problem with Sashiro. It, it, it yeah. is the Wanderer Bard, but it should be the Wandering Bard. Just seems like such are a, you, a Are you talking name. about the, the caretaker, Mark? What? Sashiro? 
Yeah. No, the uh, the snake guy. I forgot what he's a snake monk. I think maybe he's a snake oh, warrior. No, the uh, the caretaker is uh Shizu, but the, the black guy who like Rian is one ones. Uh, Shirei. Oh, Shirei. Oh, Shirei. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So I know I was talking about my mono green snake deck. So. You know what? Maybe the let's see. I I think what I might end up doing is I will probably end up forwarding slash adding. Mark Quay and Calvin to this email thread so we can go ahead and discuss it with Aaron and Judson. Actually, who else here have Mark, what's your um best commander? Like the one commander deck that you've probably had the longest that you still play. Ooh, uh that's gotta be Karn. He's just still my favorite. And Clay? Oh man, that's a good question. I guess the oldest one that I still have built is Borborygmos, but I don't play him as much. But would you consider it's like awkward. one of your like I, I, like the oldest deck that's still like your favorite, then like the one that you have for the longest, but you still play. None of my decks are. This. Okay. I'm pick Kron. No, what I'm just saying is I'm trying to get Kron like an idea. Is... Like... Calvin, you're asking the wrong question. The, the question one that I've that... had built the longest in the current iteration. Clay, the question but that we just... should be Clay, the question that we should be asking is which deck means the most to you. There we go. Thank you, William. I knew I'd keep you around for something. Uh, give me a while to think on that. <laughs> okay. Because my thing is, is that if we can figure out the commanders that mean the most to us as a group, then we could have those commanders in like a big group shot together on like the web page. See, I like that. It's which is awesome. And if we did it for like the web page itself banner, you know, like that, that I think that'd be like a huge staff thing. Like everyone who's just on staff at that t- time would get to pitch in. But it's like a, a some sort of just commander cast itself thing. Like, having that for all of us instead of, like, maybe mugshots or something like that. Like, instead of posting our mugshots, Calvin could just post that one banner image. It'd be awesome. And it, it is a lot of sense, yeah. Which still... Uh, which, I'm, I'm pitching, if that's the case, then I'm pitching an image for the wrong location, then. Actually, I'm going to... Actually, I should hit up Eric. Actually, what would be awesome is if we could get banners like that for all of our shows when we launch the new site. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever ends up getting commissioned for that is going to be in, doing a lot of work. So maybe we do get keen on to split it up between Judson and him if Judson wants to do it. Because yeah, it just, uh, but even still, like, for, like, the main site banner. Yeah, the main site banner. Actually, still- you know what? I, 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 know, uh, I know what the perfect way of settling this is. Put it to a vote with the audience. Oh, like, make it a contest or something? I yeah, just, like, like, have, have a couple. couple like, huh. Yeah, like, just have, like, that. a poll on the website. Like, just go to Facebook and go to Twitter and just have, out of like, out of these... Like we'll, we'll we'll like pick the top five commanders we would like to be the at the helm and have the listeners determine which one they think is like best represents commander cast. Or we just we toss like Rexio Ib, then we can toss like Kalia in there because what that's William's like girl that he's always discussing, False. right? I wouldn't say Kalia is the one that means the most to me. Yeah, but it's also it's one of the ones that I'm pretty sure our listeners know you the best by. Hmm. Maybe I should talk about Sigarda some more. Yeah, you should, <laughs> but in the same token, almost every discussion we have at the beginning from since at the beginning of the show, even yeah. Now, see. Even, to, even up until now, Kalia still ends up becoming one of the go-to legends you discuss. And with you being the host, anyone who listens to the show from episode 101 up until now will be like, oh yeah, William loves Kalia. Uh, Calvin obviously loves Ashling and like Morale because he got that 99 land thing going and anything Boros. Okay, I just remember that Eric and Noel do occasionally na- mention me when they talk about their hate for Kalia. So, okay. and then, that's fair. And then Clay, yeah, and Clay, everybody recognizes him for Ixador because, yes. but Ixador, right? Ixador. And then. Mark is the Karn. And Marcus the Karn. Mark basically is like the guy who loves the 
various deck builder spotlight thing. He does have like a specific one, but like the one we do know. Mark loves specific size giant dirty robots. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like those are the commanders that if our listening base just kind of like if you just walked up to any random listener of our show and asked them, oh yeah, what commanders does William which Calvin commander do you associate like? with this person? Right. Yeah, yeah, they, those would be like the four that they would associate with us. They might have a little bit more difficulty with like Mark and Clay since they're like. Since me and you basically have been around since episode like 110 or whatever together. So they have a better feel for what you and I would do, Will. But I'm pretty sure like even like our more recent listeners could easily place like a legendary for Mark and Clay hmm. just as easily as they would for us. So I say like we take those like it's be like Rexio because Rexio's the site is basically one of the main sites guys from the beginning. So all the old school listeners that are still around would be like, oh, yeah, of course, it's either Rexio or Ib. The newer listeners who have listened to us and <coughs> Andy would most likely go for, like, Kalia or Ashling or Ixador or Karn. And then there's probably, like, a third or fourth. There's probably, like, another legendary creature in there that we've discussed a lot that we probably just don't remember that much. So I say, like, you know, we get, like, a list of, like, the legends that we believe would be, like, the top picks that our listener audience would go for. And be like, out of these legends, who do you think would best represent Commander Cast? And see, that is still a fantastic idea, and we should still do that for, like, Commander Cast Prime. But the Commander Cast network itself needs to be a little broader than just us. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, like I'm not just saying us. I'm, like, saying we can take a poll between, like, uh, it's, uh, there's, let's say, like, this 10, 10 legends, right? Rexio and Ib get an automatic spot because they've been around since basically the damn, damn near the beginning, right? Right. So that leaves four spots. I'm willing to give up Ashling because I know that Ashling would probably not make it because we already have Ib. And even if Ashling were to be out Ib, I'd prefer Ib to be up there instead. So I'm willing to step back towards having Ashling nominated just so that we could put Kalia in there because you're the site host and owner. Hmm. And that's the commander that people know you for. That leaves, shut up, Navi. So that leaves seven spots left open to go between everybody else on the site that we can then pull to be like, which seven legends do we think would best suit Commander Cast? And then have our listening audience pick between the ten or eight or whatever we come up with. Okay, you know what? I'm going to push that idea to Aaron. Let's go ahead and just put together our own Justice League of Commanders. And then once we get that, like if we get the artwork for it to have the commanders all like together representing for the site or whatever, or whatever commanders people basically think of when they think of us, then we can have that as the thing. And granted, it would still probably be up in the front. Rexio's big ass would probably be dirtling off towards the back when we could still see him and Mexio. And he doesn't need to be up front and personal because he's already everything else, like the other icon and the approval icon and everything. The approver icon, which we still haven't actually had a chance to ever use since we've taken since you've taken over the site, William. Hmm. Well, don't you know we have to raise standards? Yeah, but we haven't. Like, the thing is, we haven't like discarded it. We haven't gotten rid of it, and we haven't actually used it for anything else. All right, so we'll have six spots, and then we're going to have four voted, one for main peoples. Okay. So I think I think that takes care of the banner discussion, and now like people can listen, and they'll have an informed opinion of what we're trying to do and also what right. i think and and basically what's going on is is that we're just trying to come up with because the site's going to be changing so i mean don't get me wrong it's not going to be like changing changing to like oh my god we're no longer talking about commander we're, no we're getting an upgrade we get, no we're, yeah we're basically <laughs> we're, that. we're, we, we're we've be, done enough we've done enough squat we've faced off frieza he's killed krillin we're pissed off now it's time for us to step up to the next level to take it to a much higher, powerful form than we were in before. 
But in order to do that, we need your help, listeners, because obviously we here at Commander Cast Prime have difficulties like organizing our thoughts and trying to determine what would we do and what's the best way. Because we have too many diverse opinions and too many diverse personalities here for us to actually do this on our own. So what better way to get assistance than to open the pool up to even more diverse people with more diverse opinions that greatly outnumber us by the thousands? And hey, you know what a great forum to discuss this would be? Reddit. Our Reddit thread. Yeah. So after the subreddit. Yeah, our subreddit. Exactly. See, I don't actually use Reddit regularly, so like the whole R backslash thing is still new to me. I check I just, it though. I check it. After after the first time I went there, I just like saved it into my archive thing, and I just click it on my phone and it pulls up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that about does it for Baron debate. Unless you guys had any any other thoughts or something you wanted to bring up, since this was kind and of a spontaneous. Whole, this whole, and this whole time I thought we were going to talk about Bruce Banner. I mean, isn't Rexio already kind of Bruce Banner? No, he's already Hulkish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, but he never like goes down. He stays big. But see, he's always angry. He needs to see. He needs to see a doctor for it, but he refuses to because he's so angry. Because it's been more than four hours. Oh wait, yeah, sorry. way past four hours. It's been about like what six years. That's <laughs> <At> the least. <laughs> he he should be purple, not green. Well, hold on. Uh, well, hold on. Does that mean does that mean Ixador is Bruce Banner? But Ixador. But Ixador. So Karn would be. No, no, actually, that would mean it would be Ixador, uh, would be Bruce Banner, because that's a little guy. And no, no, it would be Captain America, Cap- man. He's Captain America. Hat. He's got the sweet hat for it. But he's too much of a push to be Captain America. He tells everybody yeah. to attack except for himself. It's yeah, like Ixador ca- might be like Hawkeye, you know? Maybe, maybe Hank Pym. I don't know. Like not Captain America. I still have to see Ant Man. If any, if anything, oh, it would be like. I would, I would probably put Ib as closer to, like, Nick Fury than anything else. More willing to True. send everybody on the crew out there to go do the damage for him. Can he get involved? Yes. Does he want to? No. <laughs> I mean, that's just tactical survival. Exactly. Well, I mean, we're, all so, agree- we're all agreed that Karn has to be Iron Man, right? Like, it's just a good fit. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I guess that makes Kali a Black Widow. That could work. I mean, to be honest, it would be kind of awesome to see Scarlett Johansson as Kali in some sort of weird magic movie. Huh, can you imagine that? They're making a movie out of magic. <laughs> let's see. So, let's see. Hulk. Rexiola's Hulk. Iron Man. We still haven't got our Captain America, though. I still say it's Ib. Ib's too much of a pussy. It's Nick Fury. Hey, man, when he gets out there, he gets out there. Yeah, but even his flavor set text reads, Everybody but me. Charge. Because the general has to stay back. If the general starts fighting not- on the front lines, he's just a common soldier. The general has to stay back to direct the battle. And Captain America goes straight into the front line. The person who stays back is Nick Fury. All right, then we still need to find Captain America. Let's see, let's see. Who can we get Chris Evans to play as? Mm. I feel like New Mutant Devastator would be Captain America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, Kenji doesn't work for our website. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, well. what, so, nah, so what he's saying is is that what we need to do is we need to start talking more about New Mutt. Actually, hold on, wait a second. Zedra should be in there somewhere. Does some does one of us play a Zedru deck? No, but we've talked about Zedru a lot. We even did like that whole episode where we like graded like five different, like eight different well, Zedru decks. Well, that wasn't by choice. Yeah, and like, you know, what, I don't know. Again, like what like what Will said, none of us play Zedru. I don't even like Zedru. I mean, like if it was me personally, just to get like one of my other favorites in, I would prefer it be like Avison or Sigarda, but that's just me. What about mm-hmm. Ruhan? Uh, Ruhan Smash is pretty good. 
It's alright, but I still I still can't really think of anyone with it. it. It would you know if someone had to be Captain America, it would actually have to be like reminiscent of someone very significant here on the website. Oh, okay. I know who Captain America would could be. Argus Cost. There you go. That works yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm good with that. Does anyone play Argus Cost? I mean, he's, I'd, like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. I loved, I loved Argus Cost. Yeah, there you go. Um, Argus Cost no, for Captain yeah. America. I mean, currently, Argus Cost has been, like, retired in my deck for a little while because Iros, the god of lift, is in the, in charge of that deck for the moment. But, you know, that's because Argus has put in so much work for him over the years that, you know, I felt he deserved it. Well, Iros can be, like, you know, the Bucky to, like, Argus's Captain America. You know, it takes a backseat. Yeah. He fills in, you know. Yeah, Argus gets in there. He's almost a century old, just like he's, the Sevens. He helps. He pr- he promotes the team because if the team attacks, the red creatures get plus uh two plus zero, oh, and the white creatures get plus zero oh, plus two. So he protects and defends his team, depending. There yeah, there you go. We found our we found our Chris Evans. <laughs> All right, but again, if you, dear listeners, want to go ahead and weigh in on this and. Actually, I do really want to hear what you guys have to say about all this. Go ahead, head to our Reddit thread or our Facebook page or the comments under our website, and you're definitely going to get some sort of response. I would like to try and condense it all down to Reddit, though. So we'll try and have the the links there so we can funnel everything. (laughs) So, So, listeners, if you don't have Reddit, go jump on Reddit just for us. I mean, you you can ignore the rest of that site and just go there for our thing and do your thing there. Alternatively, you can know the rest of that site and exclude the dad subreddit, which is a fantastic place where I constantly go to, to hang out. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't do that, listeners. What? It's a perpetual black hole of which there is no escape. You're just going to end up, you're end up going to telling Will jokes. Will jokes. They're, they're yeah. not even dad jokes now. They're Will jokes. Nope, they're not, Will jokes. No, they're... <laughs> like, I mean, it's got quality jokes like this one. Like the like this guy's actually just. Posted, I'm, I'm taking my earpiece out. Like this this guy is this guy just posted that his daughter asked if he was gonna die someday. Like this little girl, like four years old, just comes up and she's like, "Are you gonna die someday?" And he's like, "Don't worry, sweetheart, I'll be alive for the rest of my life." <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm glad I found that someone so funny. Alright, so that's it for our community segment. Next up, we're going to go into our strategy segment. And you know what? Some people say there's no subtlety in explosions. You know what I say? Those people are dead. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Way to rip off a quote. (laughs) It's not stealing if it's an homage. What is it, though? It is. Like, did you see what I labeled the technology segment as? How to get away with arson? No. That's what it was in the... And that's what it was in the email. I'm talking about the show notes. Pyrotechs. <sighs> eh? Eh? <sighs> no comment. I thought it was funny. our strategy segment today, we are bringing you the best of both worlds. You get boom and kaboom. It's everything that you want. We're doing a primer on burn decks, which is why we have Hayes here. Hayes, Clay was very adamant about you coming on last week because you like to play some burn decks. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> let's go ahead and get, get started. What's kind of been your experience with burn decks? What's the appeal here? So, uh, really a story where uh, Clay and I uh, maybe Clay can remind me, but uh, 
like at the very start of the summer, like Clay and I play in the same group when school isn't in session. And um, um, towards the start of this past summer, uh, I got the idea to build this bird deck, and I like like I, I love playing aggressive strats. So I love like getting into the right zone and just being really aggressive and assertive, and like but just yeah. being. You know, like, openly, like, like, actively, like, looking at somebody in the eye and be like, I'm gonna kill you next turn, like, what, what are you gonna do about it? And, Damn, right. uh, I, I, like, I, I want to stray away from future strategies and do the same type of, uh, like, use the same type of philosophy in a non-creature deck. And so I felt like Burn was the right incarnation of that. And, uh, it, Kind of spawn, like, Clay also making a burn deck. He can tell you, like, about his philosophy on burn, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, like, both Clay and I made some pretty, uh, impressive deaths, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what we, what we made this summer. <laughs> Man after my own heart. Alright, so, let's go ahead and just kind of define burn decks in particular, because, like, there's aggro decks, which we talked a little bit a few weeks ago when we had Castion, and then there's burn. Like, when you think of burn, we're thinking of stuff like, Zozu the Punisher or Perforos. Ideas wh- where the deck for the deck. I'm gonna start that sentence over again. <laughs> Decks where the idea is to just deal all sorts of damage to everyone without necessarily swinging at them. Don't get me wrong, swinging is a perfectly viable way of dealing damage, but we're looking at ways to just efficiently throw fire on everything. Like, just imagine that everyone you're playing against is a huge ass spider, and now you know what I'm talking about. You'll just kill everything with fire. So, we're looking to just burn everything. Just burn it, burn it all to the ground. Burn it like it's filled with spiders. <laughs> I can get behind that. So, let's go ahead and just kind of get into this. How are we doing this, Hayes? How, what is going to be our main source of just dealing damage? Because I'm assuming that, unlike a one-on-one format, we need to look for continuous effects of burn. We need to look for things that can burn over and over again and get maximum value. Because the one thing that I have learned just watching, like, modern and standard games is that you need card efficiency. Like, Boros Charm is a great card in Modern Burn because it's four damage for two mana and one card. So when you're dealing with three people and you need to maximize on that damage, we need something that's even bigger than that, proportionally. <laughs> uh, so I think that uh, when you're playing a Burn deck, uh, you both have to... Uh, you have to respect like, your local metagame and also... Have your own plan for having going to win when like you, you like when nobody's doing anything. So for for example, my my first burn deck with my Kazool on Tyrant of Cliffs. Uh, I had a lot of different uh toys in the deck that would punish people for doing various things like playing spells or making land drops. And uh, when I first started playing the deck, uh, it, it worked uh, relatively all right. Like I, I had a little bit of success with it. But, uh, the more I played it, the more I realized that the, the, the little, like, poke effects were sometimes really anti-political and, uh, weren't really scaling as well as I thought they were. And so I went back to the drawing board and I asked myself, okay, uh, how often are these cards good? Are they worth keeping on? And I, I made a few cuts and I, 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 I focused more on scaling my deck so that uh, you could both participate in the early, the mid, the late stages of the game, and uh, like have an impact like where it needs to. Uh, going back to your question, um, I, I think the the most important thing about like uh, I, I think it separates my philosophy from Clay's philosophy is that <laughs> while 
Like, I, I think Clay, when he's playing Murray, he's trying to grind the game out and make it more of a controlling thing. And I agree partially with that, but I feel like at least half of your deck should be able to pivot and take the fight to your opponent to be really aggressive and assertive. So, for, for example, yeah. my, my, my deck runs a lot of earthquake effects. And sometimes I'm earthquaking to clear the field, but sometimes, like other times, uh, I'll earthquake for a really, really high amount, even when there's nothing on the field, to kind of surprise my opponents and put everybody down to a really, really low, really, really low life pill and make everybody feel really threatened and, like, go into defensive mode and, everybody's like, oh, snap, I only have five life left, what, what am I going to do? And they start throwing out the creatures, and uh, it allows me to, like, like use this, uh, like, I, 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 can play, I can play a lot of mind games with the burn deck, and, uh, like, playing playing a burn deck successfully, I think, requires you to, like, know how fast people are going to play when they play their decks, or, uh, like, know what decks are really good at playing at end speed, and what, what, what nets aren't, and what the right time to earthquake is and there's a lot of time that goes into it so you mentioned that clay has a different philosophy clay what's been your philosophy with burn well at least with the way that i took mine since i built blue red with Kerados as opposed to mono red with kazool um or any other equally viable commander like zozu um i did decide to take more of a control route where because Kerados' ability either generates card advantage or adds more damage it's more keeping the board clear through the use of burn. So it is more of a control strategy instead of an aggro strategy with the way that I did it. Um, I basically added blue for extra card draw, even though it's still I'm going to deal direct damage to kill you or kill your stuff. So, Calvin, what's been your experience with burn? Uh, my experience with burn, I can't really say it's been all negative, even though the vast majority of my experience with burns hasn't been 100% positive. Most of the time, like, my burn decks had a tendency to just evolve into more, like, aggressive strategies because I had, when I was building burn decks for EDH, we weren't really getting that much, like, great card draw effects outside of, like, the wheel effects. And what ended up happening most of, for most of my decks was just that, yeah, I'm playing it, yeah, I'm doing some burn, but I could never effectively use them to take people out as well as I thought I could. And they had a tendency to, like, yeah, they brought life totals down, but they weren't winning me the games. I wasn't getting the victories that I thought I should be getting. So most of them just kind of like just got cut. So I'm actually really excited to hear most of what Hayes and what Clay have put together for their burn decks, because this might give me a chance to, this might ignite a deck building uh, session for me, if you will. If I what? If you will shut the hell up <laughs> and let Mark say what he has to say. So what do you have to Ouch. say about burn deck, Mark? Man, I, burn decks, I don't think, I don't think I have the balls enough to run a burn deck. I, cause I always look at burn decks and then like burn decks one on one totally makes sense to me. I always wonder how the hell you run a burn deck in a multiplayer setting. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like taking down those life totals are for a number of different players. Like I feel like I get smashed in the face before I did that. Unless I was playing something maybe like, I mean, when Hayes wrote that cool article, I think they did two articles on, um, Oh god, why am I forgetting the five mana big red pillow fort guy? There we go, Kazool. Yeah, like that seems like maybe a viable strategy. So to me, like I, I, and this is for me totally on the outside, never running a burn deck, but always wanting to. I feel like it, it, to run burn, do you have to run like a secondary backup strategy too, or is it enough to just like quickly get in there and get the burn in, and I don't know, just go for it? <laughs> um, 
So, um, the way I play burn is that most of it is uh, effects that deal damage to your face, so it's definitely a burn deck, but you'll have a few, you'll have a couple of supporting cards to, like, uh, trap people or surprise people. Like, for example, uh, I think the Insurrection family of cards probably, like, like the most famous in my deck, where it's like, oh, like, I, I, I go earthquake for a lot, and people think that the coast is clear, and they play out their hand, and I untap, and then, you know, insurrection, seal the whole board, and then, like, kill everybody. So, That's pretty sweet. like, you have to have this effect, because, like, I mean, I, I think that every, every, like, good deck is, like, like a, a legitimate backup plan, and, uh, like, for burn, like, I mean, like, usually when I kill people through an insurrection, I've already burned them down a little bit, so it's not off of off-female. So, what are the kind of questions did you have, Mark? Because this is going to be really good if someone who's not really familiar with burn starts asking the ones. Sure. Um. All right, so I guess if I was going to start a burn deck, like, I don't mean to go into too much of the, like, the, the technology segments, I won't say individual cards, but... Like, besides just burning people in the face, like, what other kinds of effects should I be putting in my, my deck? Like, I mean, you know, just going off of what, uh, Hayes said, like, what's a good, what's a good backup strategy or plan B for burn? Um, the, the, the coffee, the, the coffee spell effects are, are my favorite. They, they have synergy with your burn spells and you can randomly gain value or blow people out. So, uh, you have like dual caster maze and fork as my, as my thought picks. Um, you can all, there are also, um, random infinite combos that you can pull off with those cards. Um, like Dual Caster Mage is one of my favorites. And if you get to, so let's say you're playing, your backup plan is like stealing stuff or cloning them, and you have Heat Shimmer. You can make infinite hasty Dual Caster Mages if you cast Heat Shimmer and then cast Dual Caster Mage, that sort of thing. Um, so combo works. Hyper Aggro can also work, like if you're playing Goblin Style Burn. Um, there's a lot of different strategies you can take with it. I like that last one that you had just mentioned, Goblin Style Burn. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, just for, like, the premise, because it's like you can have, like, a sub, like, a very, because we've discussed the concept of sub-themes in decks before, right? The concept of just, like, not really, like, the deck is tribal, but there's enough creatures in here where it's like, yeah, it might be considered a theme. The main theme of the deck is me throwing fire into your face. And, look, here's a couple of guys that also love fire that like to throw it in your face. So, and a lot of the goblin guys, or the goblins, have effects like abilities that they can use to, sh- like, shoot down creatures, throw fire at your opponents. Some of them can be sacrificed and uh, be more fire burned towards a player. So I like the idea of using goblins as burn fodder and additional um, arsonist to assist you with burning down the other opponents. <laughs> okay, so let's keep going. Uh, what? Uh, so, I, so I have a question now, then. There you go. Uh, so the question I want to ask now is like we're building a burn deck, right? We got burn spells that go wide, just burns everything, everyone, like wildfires and stuff. And then we have like the direct like fireball, meteor storm kind of like spells that just go after like the particular creature or right to the face. So we're building a burn deck. Would you like which which would you put more stock in? Because I would think that like in a burn deck they both hold higher positionings because a good fireball can kill an opponent with the right amount of mana, but you know, then again, you are fighting three other people, so you might want to be able to do a little bit damage spread evenly amongst the group, just to kind of bring everyone down correctly. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, it it really depends on like what philosophy you're kind of following, like mine or, or Clay's. So, like, I, I like I'm like if you're going with my philosophy, 
I think you want a lot of, like, area of effect damage, like, the Earthquake family. And then you want just a, like, just a little of a uh, target player burn so that once everybody's really, really low, you can threaten to do things like instant speed, fire blast, kill somebody if they try to make a move on you. But, um, uh, I, I think you want to focus primarily on area of effect. Only, like, primarily because, because Red has a hard time, uh, gaining car advance. Uh, like, part of the way that you gain pseudo car advance is being really, really efficient with your, your burn spells. And that means, like, casting Earthquake and killing, like, 10 plus creatures. Yeah. So now, now, now that we're mentioning this concept of burn, the only thing that's coming to my mind now is building, like, a, a burn morass, a, a burn deck based around morass. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, <laughs> that could definitely it's, it's, work. Because if we're using that, then Morath, he already has the ability to hit people directly and creatures. But since yeah. you're playing red, white, and green, you can use the green cards to kill, like, flyers, just spells to take stuff out from there. And then using white spells to just kind of, like, wrap the board to keep the creatures on the board down to a minimum. And plus, if you need bodies in emergency, like for a pinch, Morav can't easily just throw them out there for you, so. Yeah. And then if you include something like a Primeval Bounty, like, you can just include bolts and stuff, and then every bolt you have would refill Morav for, like, three more points of damage. Yeah, and then on top of that, you've got green in there, so you can always get, like, some decent card draw going. Got white in there, so in case the burn isn't working correctly, you can try to, like, slow the game down with a few law-like effects like the ghostly prisons and whatever, just to kind of, like, keep the creatures from hitting you so easily so that you can then proceed to burn more face. <laughs> hmm. Seems like I've got a, I've got a morath deck to go tweak. All right, so what are... I need another copy of morath, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, they got two. I need one more now because I need another morath deck. All right, so, hey, fill me in here. Who are going to be some of the go-to commanders for someone who wants to build burn? Like, we mentioned Perforos, who's kind of infiniteness at this point. Like, ever since Pharos came out from the gates, it was, oh god, it burns, it burns. But there's also Zozu the Punisher, which I like really bit. Like, he's a goblin who says, let's see, I'm going to see if I can recite this one. Every time a land enters play on your, that your opponent's control, he deals two damage? Whenever a land enters the battlefield, Zozu deals two damage to that land's controller. There you go. And he's from Kamigawa Block, too. Yes. He also hurts you as well, so... But you know what? You don't care. Like, as long as you're ahead and you're not at zero, that's fine. But, like, if you're playing a very land ramp-heavy meta, like I was for a little bit, like, I was playing Atarka, and someone else had Zozu. And I'm like, well, I don't want to take six damage, but I want to be able to play Dragon, so I guess I take six damage. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's actually kind of interesting. Are are there um, spells that... Um, make your opponents that that like target uh player puts X lands into play or something like that. Huh. Something where you can control the amount of lands that a player puts in. I'm yeah. pretty sure it'd be green. There's Fertilid. I think that's the only one. There, there, like uh, actually, I, I I think there's a card called Ash to Ashes that tends to destroy all non basic lands and uh, oh, um, they, they search for basic from the lands. Ashes. Yeah, oh, fr- from the ashes, from the ashes. Yeah, there's from the ashes. Oh, and they just printed the Great Aurora. So if you get lucky, if you can put your Zozu under a banishing priest, yeah, and then cast the Great Aurora, here's something you could do in your Marath deck. Actually, that actually would be pretty interesting. Like even if you were doing just um red and you were using what from the ashes, and you had just mostly just basic mountains, and you know that your meta has a lot of like uh non basics. 
you could just play from the ashes and just kind of wipe their board. And those who would just be like, hey, look, you guys just got like, you just got five extra lands and you just got six and you just got three. Granted, they're all basics, but now you guys are going to be taking a lot more damage than you were expecting out of nowhere. You could always get lucky with Warp World. Yeah, but you can also get unlucky with Warp World too, so. But you get the burn stuff! <laughs> but yeah, but then again, we do have a goblin at the helm if that's the case, so you kind of deserve, you know. Like, the games where he will kill you are well worth the games where he doesn't. I mean, I, ca- I kind of want to do that now. I, I tried... Put one uh, warp word into a Zozu? Yeah. Go ahead, Hayes. Uh, I, I tried Zozu, but uh, I feel like even though his ability is pretty cute against most of the green nets in the format, I, I don't feel like... Like, it, it, it's cute, but I don't think it seals the deal. And also, like, once you're initial, like, haha, I, I don't know, 68 damage to you, like, gimmick, like, passes, like, your, your scale factor, like, just drops off almost immediately, and the other nets at your, in your meta, like, if they're playing, like, like, legitimate nets, like, they should be able to crush you, and just, uh, like, move, like, move really, really quickly by you, um, uh, like, uh, the reason why I play, uh, Kazool Tyrant of Glyphs, uh, as, as opposed to, uh, Clay's, uh, Piranos deck, is because, um, uh, I, 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 I like Zul because he's a, he's a, he's a high four, so he can, like, beat you to death, like, you know, like, relatively, like, thing, relativity. And, uh, like, there are games where I feel like my opponents are going to be trying to put early aggression on me, and Zul is able to stop that early aggression. They're able to pre- preserve my life kill so that later I can deal damage to myself and not feel so bad about it. So, what are some other Bernie type commanders. Let's go ahead and go around the table to see who people would suggest. Calvin, who would you suggest for a burn type commander? I really have to say it. Well, there are people who are just now listening. Okay, so burn type commanders. There's obviously Ashling because she burns everything and everyone. Then there's uh, Maroth. Maroth can be used as a uh, burn. So let's see what else. Who else is there? Um, I don't know. I mean, always having, always wanting to play burn means I've never played burn. So off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if there's a burn deck you could play without red in it. Hmm. That's that a good question. Let's see, would it be like a black and sanguinate type deck? And that's what I was wondering. I'm, I was thinking like, I don't know, maybe old Drana? Hmm? I don't then know. Then you might or... as well play red black and have both colors in there. I mean, yeah. I mean... The only thing I, I mean, some of the ghost councils, but that's more just like a drain, I guess. Yeah. So anything that's not, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of a, a like I said, a non-red one to go mm-hmm. in there to throw some flavor, but I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a question for the council, gentlemen. <laughs> what about you, Clay? Um, I mean, I like Karanos because he gives um, card advantage late game and adding blue lets you refill your hand faster. Um, if you want to go hyper aggressive, Zozu is quite good because he comes down very, very early and his ability is very relevant in the early game. Um, let's see, who else off the top of my head? Jaya? Uh, Jaya Ballard, yeah. Uh, the new Chandra could also be pretty good. Um, there's basically a lot of mono-red legendary creatures that can be aggressive or that can deal direct damage. Um, I like I like Niv Mizzet Draco Genius quite a bit. Mm. In fact, one of the win conditions for that deck is for me to actually use a Nivix Go Mage to fork my turnabout to make infinite mana so that mm. Niv can just burn out the table. Yeah. That stuff is possible. Uh let's see. 
Uh, did anyone mention Ib? Ib can burn people in a way. Yeah, but that's really more of a combo type type finish burn. Like alongside Perforos. Yeah, like Perforos is just straight burn. Like you're just dropping dudes and you're burning stuff. Ib has to do it in kind of a combo y type way. True. Yeah. I, I will argue actually that Perforos isn't a burn deck. Um <laughs> I, I like like the way that I see people play Perforos usually maybe it's different from you. Uh I, I see it as being a, a creature deck where you're playing red, so you have bad partners, you, in general, have bad, like, mana, like, production, uh, etc. So, you use your ability to make a lot of little, like, small red creatures, and you take that into indirect damage. But I don't consider that burn, I just consider that, like, kind of like a, like, it's not really a gimmick, but, uh, almost a gimmick. Alright. Interesting. Alright, so, Hayes, what are some of the things that burn decks hate? Like, what are some of the things that you have to get used to fighting against? Um, I think that, uh, like, some of the first things that people tell me about Burn is that they'll, like, if they look at me and they say, oh, I'm just going to put my life gain deck, and uh, I say, okay, and, uh, th- th- there are a lot of cards that you can use to, to, to fight against life gain, and we, we, we can talk about that more in the technology segment, but, um, uh, life gain is probably the number one uh, question, and, uh, the, the best answer I have to that is that, um, uh, there are numerous ways to uh, scale out the damage, and this includes effects like Furnace of Wrath. And for those who don't know, Furnace of Wrath is a, a colorless red, red, red enchantment uh, first printed in uh, Tempest, I think. And it says uh, double all sources of damage. Uh, well, not exactly that, but it, it does that. And so it'll, it'll double any source of damage dealt to any creature or player. And there are ways to, uh, do little combos or little tricks with this. And, uh, so people will think they're safe against me when they have, like, a life or, or 60 life or whatever. But there are ways that, uh, if you set up properly, you can, you can go, uh, like, EOT, flashing, get to the Twin Gods, which is a, like, a, a first effect that has, uh, flash from the, the Terrace block. And then you can untap. And then you can double damage, double damage, double damage, like, kill that one person. Uh, and, and, uh, I think the, the, the second thing that people often discredit Burn for is that, um, it's not good enough against aggro decks, and, uh, we, we've already kind of talked about this, but I, I think the Earthquake family of cards is already a good enough example of how, like, Burn is totally capable of defending itself. The only, the only mark I would make against it is that, like, if, if people play, like, extremely fast decks, like, uh, like Grenzo or or a Franco mob boss against you, and and they can get your life kill down uh pretty low before you're able to successfully cast that earthquake effect. Uh, like y- even a burn deck has to worry about its own life kill. So like if you start like for my burn deck, I know that if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm at above ten life, then I am pretty safe. But once I start falling below ten life, that's where I start to worry that I'm not going to be able to earthquake out the table and still survive myself. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, guys, final thoughts on playing Burn. We'll go ahead and start with Hayes. Why should people play Burn? Uh, I think that uh, if you play it with a, with different playgroups or a lot of people, uh, playing Burn 
uh, especially if you're if you're if you're a newer player, it'll it'll force you to understand how fast people are playing their nets. So like understanding when somebody has a really really fast hand or really really slow hand, and understanding how you need to react to that because it, it like burn isn't a strategy where. You need to bring, like, your deck to the table and be like, okay, I'm going to infinite combo with somebody, and that'll be it. Like, no, like, it, it's a very, uh, it, it's a deck that can be very reactive, but has proactive elements. And so understanding, like, how fast your meta game is is very critical to, like, knowing how to pace yourself. All right, who wants the next word? If you know the group that you're going into, you can prepare your deck accordingly. Um, if you also know how many people you'll likely be playing with. It does take a lot of finesse to pilot a burn-style deck effectively, but it definitely does help knowing who you're going to be playing against and what you'll be playing against. There are a bunch of tools that we'll probably discuss in a couple minutes that can help you get like early damage in, late-game damage in. Just preparing your deck for what you'll be facing, which I guess is kind of advice for any deck that you play, but with this kind of deck especially, you need to know what you're doing. Calvin, final thoughts. My final thought would be that if you know the amount of people that you're typically going to be playing against, my final suggestion would be that if you know you're playing against three people on average, you should try to arrange to have your deck capable of taking out four. That way you can make sure you have more than enough power to be able to deal with the three people. And under the random circumstances of some life gain, you still can handle it. Whereas if you're just setting it for this particular three and you happen to go in there and their decks are tuned a certain way or they decide to play a different type of deck than you were expecting, you might end up accidentally just not really doing anything, just sitting there dirtling around. Mark, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask real quick about Burn or do you feel like you feel better about knowing what it is? I mean, I think this is a good primer for Burn decks, definitely. Um, but man, Hayes' comments have convinced me even more that everyone should be playing Fork. <laughs> <laughs> Why fork when you can just play Radiance? Radiance is sweet too, Radiant. man, but fork comes down a little quicker. Yeah. Radiate is amazing. Hey, and you know what? The best thing is you don't have to choose. You can play both. Uh, <laughs> you can fork the Radiance. Also true. <laughs> is it Radiance or Radiance? Ra- radiance. Radiate. Okay, good. And then what's the, what... Radiance? And he keeps saying Radiance, and I keep thinking about the old Boros mechanic, and I'm like, why are you telling our listeners to play that? No, I'm telling them to play multiple Radiance. Well, for a while, I thought maybe you were going for, like, Reverberate, which I think is just a functional reprint of Fork, but I'm like, nah, yeah. you look that far off. Um, the difference is Fork makes the copy red, I think. Oh, mm. yes. Because then pro-red matters, if at all. Except that copy is red. Oh, you make a copy of the lightning bolt, and you can finally bolt off that Acroma. Wait, one. Hey. So, we're going to go into our technology segment now, and it's time for some Pyrotech Picks! Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Oh, God. I really hate it when William does that. (laughs) I didn't even do it that loud. I'm wearing an earbud, William. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Do you want me to do it louder? So, in our technology segment today, we're going to go ahead and give you some... Let's see. I already used pyrotechnics. What can I... What else can I do? Ah, 
whatever. We'll just toss everything on the fire. We're going to go ahead and start with Hayes. Hayes, what's your first card for us today? My, my, my first pick is a card called uh, Inferno. It was originally printed in uh, 4th edition. It is the, the dark, Silence the Dark. Oh, the Dark, you're right. Uh, I'm, I'm misreading <laughs> the, uh, the Gatherer page. Um, um, it, it, it's called Inferno. It, it costs five red, red. It's an instant, and it says Inferno deals six damage to each creature and each player. And the reason why I liked it, I, I only recently picked it up about two weeks ago, uh, is because I found a lot of success with a card called Volcano Fallout, which is very similar to Molly for two damage. Um, Inferno, like the, the, the six damage, like that, that number is six. It, it clears away a lot of creatures in the format. And the fact that you can do it at any time means that you can hold up the mana, and if your opponents try to aggro you, you can spring the trap. But if they don't, you can, like, instead cancel it or do whatever else you want to do instead, like, at the end of your, like, other opponent's turn. But, um, like, the, like, uh, even, even if you're not trying to burn out creatures with Inferno, like, uh, dealing sits, or, like, dare I say it, like, 12 or 24 damage with, uh, other first crack cuts in play, uh, like, this card is both good clearing the board and putting pressure on your, on your opponents. <laughs> so, next up, play. Um, so, my, I'm, I'm gonna do some sets of cards here, um, just kind of ways that you can build your deck. Um, I'm a fan of kind of like long-term burn effects. Hayes called them pokes earlier. Um, stuff like Zozu, where like if your opponent does something, they take some damage, like making a land drop or casting a spell. Um, so like Ankh of Mishra and Zozu the Punisher, um, Ankh can come down and turn one off of a soul ring, which if you're going first is kind of hilarious, because it means if your opponents want to do anything, they have to start taking damage. Um, Zozu and Ankh punish people for making land drops. Um, Spellshock, Eidolon of the Great Revel, uh, Pyrostatic Pillar, all punish your opponents for casting spells. Um, Psychogenic Probe punishes anyone who shuffles their library, which I find really funny, because it takes out... It makes people hurt for fetch lands and, like, ramp that searches out cards from their deck. Um, there are a lot of different effects like this that, if they come down early... They can get in a good maybe like 10 damage on each opponent by the time they eventually get removed. If they even get removed, they might just stay around the whole time. Um, and then with like Psychogenic Probe, if you can force your opponents to shuffle their library is really funny. Um, I really like having some combination of Anker Zozu and Psychogenic Probe and then using Ghost Quarter because it means that if they want to replace that land, they have to take a hefty amount. They can just rack up some good damage over time. Calvin, which one do you got? My first burn card will have to be Ajani's Vengeance. He's a two-colorless, red-white planeswalker named Ajani. Comes in with, what's that, three loyalty counters, I believe? I can barely see from here. Yeah, that's three loyalty counters. He shows up with three loyalty counters on him, and he has a plus one ability that taps target permanent that doesn't untap doing it because controller's next uh, untap. I don't, think he, I don't think he taps them. No, no, target permanent doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. There we go. Uh, minus two, Ajani deals three damage to target creature or player, and you gain three life. And minus seven, destroy all lands target player controls. Basically, there's a, what is it, kind of like a lightning helix attached to him, so you can burn stuff and gain a little bit of life. And you can also use him for a little bit of controlling aspect. And if you ever happen to get him to the seven, you can always just kind of be like, you know what, I'm tired of you playing stuff. Take that mana away from you. 
Yeah, since he's in red and white, you can enraft the board and then just use them to kind of like slowly burn your opponent to death. All right. So my first card is going to be something of a doozy. So I think I think I'm going to change what my things are. I'm I'm just looking for cards that have great giant ballad quotes on them. And the oh, first okay. and the first one I have is Meteor Shower. So a card from Ice Age. It's XX Red for a red sorcery that says Meteor Shower deals X plus one damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. And part of why I did this one was because if you're looking at like Magic Cards Info. It actually has stuff written out that says, like, you can't just do a fraction of damage. And it actually has a tip on how this math works. So to deal one damage, X is zero, and the cost is zero plus zero plus R, so you just pay the one R. And then if you want to deal two damage, it's one, one, and R, so two R. And then three damage, it's two and two R, so you're paying four R, and so on and so forth. The quote goes, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, oh, why not all of them? Just blow up all of the things. Which of course, if you're making, which of course, if you're making infinite mana to try and burn everyone else with like just a giant burn spell, might as well. So back to Hayes. Hey, um, I think the most powerful card, and Plank probably agree with me on this, uh, for for any burn deck is probably a card called uh, Repercussion. And uh, Repercussion is an enchantment that costs uh, colorless red red. Uh, it says whenever a creature is dealt damage. Repercussion deals that much damage to that creature's controller. So, uh, you know how I was, you know how I was talking about all those earthquake effects earlier? Well, you get to choose not to cast them. And you get to choose to just let your opponent build up their board state and have fun and do whatever. And then in one turn, you can cast Repercussion and then at the same time, uh, cast a, a burn spell that deals effect. everything. You know, there, there's a lot of options out there. Um, but, uh, you you basically deal all the damage to all the creatures, and then it reflects back up to their their opponents. And because we're playing burn, and we don't have more than one or two creatures, creatures on the field at any given moment, like we probably don't care that much about it. Um, where, where this card becomes like a like a, like a, a combo esque card is where you have effects like Furnace of Wrath out. Because Furnace of Wrath says that you double all damage dealt to uh, creatures and players. So if Clay had never cussed out on, t- on the field and he cast a, uh, a, uh, whatever he's called, uh, uh, I'm forgetting a 13 damage one. Um, Customs Act? Yeah, and that, yeah, um, uh, like, let's say that I'm playing goblins, and, like, that, that repercussion, it'll deal 26 damage to my Grenzo, and then it'll reflect back at me, and it'll double, like, on the, off of the repercussion trigger again, so it'll go from 13 to 26 to, to 52, and, like, boom, I'm dead. Like, yay! Yeah. It can get pretty nasty pretty quick. Alright, Clay, what's your next card? Um, my next set of cards, um, aren't actually burn cards, but red needs... If you're mono-red, if you don't have, like, blue in there, um, you need some way to, like, refill your hand. Um, or not even refilling your hand as it goes, but uh, red has been given in recent years um, kind of a pseudo-draw effect where you exile the top card of your library, and then until either your next turn or the end of that turn, you can play it. So stuff like Chandra Pyromaster's Zero... Um, Outpost Siege set on cons. Um, Commune with Lava, which I know is one that Hayes plays, um, where it's an instant and you pay X red red and you exile the top X cards until the end of your next turn you can play them. 
So basically, at the end of the guy before you's turn, you commune for like seven. And you basically draw seven cards for your next turn. And it can give you a lot of fuel just to push out more damage. And if you're using the Siege or Chandra, it gives you some extra reach in the late game. All right, Calvin, what's your next card? Okay, this one is going to be kind of a throwback shout-out to uh, my old off-color cast teammate. I couldn't talk about this without bringing out the almighty Dong. Dong Zhao, the tyrant. It's four colors and it's a red. It's a legendary human soldier, so you can use him as your commander. And when the Dong enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls deals damage equal to its power to that player. So if your opponent happens to be playing big fatties, or they happen to be dropping down gi- giant titans or Eldrazi, you just slap the Dong on the table, and those dro- uh, Eldrazi kind of hit them back in the face because, you know, the Dong's out, and they don't want anything to deal with that for the moment. And they may accidentally kill their um, masters. Um, all right, let's see. Didn't we, didn't we at one point say that how, didn't we realize how uh, expensive that thing was at one point? No, no, but I'm just, I just wanted to say it because I just wanted to say Dong multiple times. Mission accomplished. All right, then. Or, or like, you know, I could easily just say another card. There's other cards I could have said. I could have went with Cyclops Gladiator. So, my card, Burnout, for Wonder Red. It's an uncommon out of alliances. Instant, counter-target instant spell if it's blue. We all know about Pyroclasm, but see, this one says draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. Very powerful. Let's you draw a card in red. I, I think you're suffering some idea burnout here. Gotcha. Ha. And you mean uh, Pyroblast. Pyroblast? You said Pyroclasm. Ah. Which fits into another set of cards that we should talk about and, you know, Hey, take things. it away, Clay. Um, that, that wasn't my next one, though. But it goes under what Hayes was talking about in combination with Repercussion and Furnace of Wrath. Just mass damage effects. Yeah. Okay, then. Back to Hayes for one last round. Hey, so... Um, a reasonably good card that I've been playing with uh, since the start of my burn days is uh, a Rate Thrower. And Rate Thrower is a... What is this? I want to put this together. It is a 4-2 from uh, Innistrad. And it, uh, it's a, it's a human shaman, and it says whenever another creature dies, a race thrower deals two damage to target player. And, uh, I like this card because, um, it, it, it's kind of like repercussion, where it, you, you can, like, you can set up, like, a, a mini combo to kill some people, but it, it also stops, like, some really, like, core cool case scenarios, like, for example, Clay might be playing a CDC deck, and you might have a way to infinitely sack somebody. Well, if I have a race thrower out, like, that, that'll block that type of, of, of avenue. Um, like, like, creature style autonomy units and race throwers are able to really, really pin somebody down. And if you're able to go race thrower, um, um, at, in, in the same, in the same turn, uh, you can easily wet the board and, have a lot of triggers to, to either kill somebody or bring them down to a, a really, really low life hill. All right, then. Clay. All right, my last one is actually just a single card that came out in the 2014 Commander set that I have found can do some really amazing things. It's an instant for one in a red. It's called Impact Resonance. Impact Resonance deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures, where X is the highest amount of damage dealt to a creature or player by a source this turn. So, 
that may be a mouthful, but basically what it says is, let's say you attack me with an 8-8, and I take 8 damage, then I can pay 1 in a red, and impact resonance can deal 8 damage divided among any number of creatures that I choose, because that is the highest amount of damage that has been dealt to a creature or player this turn. Um, I've seen it, I've done it really, I've done really funny things with like double strike and first strike creatures that have been attacking me. That's like, let's say you have your Rafik coming in and he's just a 4-4 double strike off of his Exalted. Hits me for 4, um, before normal combat damage cast impact resonance to kill him before he can even hit again. Or a first striker hits me for a bunch, I wipe the rest of their attackers before they can hit me. Or I fireball you for 10 and then I pay 2 mana and also wipe your board. That sort of thing. Wow. It just, it allows for some really cool follow-up plays to pretty much anything happening at any stage of the game. Well, Quay, <laughs> you know what would really help that card out is my next card, the Sunforger. The Sunforger. You know, that mystical hammer, that three drop, that clips for three. And four it, drop. Was it a four drop? I thought it was a three drop. It's a four drop. William's been cheating. What? <gasps> Cheat count one. And I thought you were a judge. If, I thought oh I no, it, it. it does cost three. Whoops, never mind. Ha! Uh, eat it! Clay's been, huh, Clay's I been thought eating. it cost four. Oh, right, it's because its ability can find four drops. That's why it was. It can find four drops, and it gives four... Clay's been cheating. Uh, it cost... I've been playing with Sunforger since original Ravnica. Come on! <laughs> I doubt that. No, I literally have been. Like... That was like since well, original Ravnica. Okay, maybe not since original. Well, maybe actually, maybe it was original Ravnica. Somehow I got a Sunforger. Like, yeah, because one came in. That the, I don't know. One came in the original Ravnica Boros starter deck. <laughs> so I've had a Ravnica Sunforger since original Ravnica. I don't know. For some strange reason, I could have sworn you didn't play back then. I played a little bit, but there's like that huge gap where I didn't get really get to play. But I've been playing oh, it since. Continue. Anyway. Continue. We don't need to discuss that. So, for a red and a white, you can throw the Sunforger at someone, and in return, it will cast a red and white instant that was converted mana cost four or less from your library without paying the actual cost. You can pay additional costs like Kicker or Buyback or whatever. But the important thing is that the Sunforger is giving you some awesome reach here. And hey, if you happen to have, like, a the odd red counterspell or this awesome tech that Clay just gave us, Sunforger makes it that much better by giving it to you when you need it. And let's see, I think that was everyone, unless Calvin had a third one. Uh, okay. But the next one I'm going with isn't deck directly like a burn spell. Like, I couldn't do this without actually getting a little aggressive. So, I'm going with Sotari Gorillas. It's two colorless, red and white. It's a Sotari soldier. It's a 3-2, and it has shadow. And that means it can't be blocked, or be, it can't block or be blocked by creatures that don't have shadow. And it has an ability on it that costs zero mana. And it says, the next time Sotari Gorillas would deal combat damage to any opponent this turn, it deals that damage to target creature instead. So basically, you have a 3-2 that's unblockable for the vast majority of the time, unless, of course, your opponent happens to be playing some type of shadow creature. It hits, and if there's a creature that you want to bolt, you could just pay zero and then direct that damage from your opponent and just bolt the creature with the Gorilla. Bolt, bolt. Uh, important distinction... Important distinction, it is Gorilla, not Gorilla. Gorilla? Yeah. Gorilla, Gorilla? Gorilla. Gorilla. No, it's Gorillas. It's multiple. Even though it's a single creature, for some reason it has a name that implies it has been plural. So, <laughs> if you look at Jaya Ballard's history of flavor text, she has <laughs> flavor okay. text for Gorilla cards, like, oh no, not you again, and apparently she doesn't like their music. Like, Jaya just has something against Gorillas, man. 
Oh, Jaya. I'm so glad that we got her uh, her goggles. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's another card. Uh, it is Punishing Fire. Punishing Fire it's is one, sweet. Yep, it's one colorless, one red. It's an instant. And it deals two damage to a creature or player. And when an opponent gains life, you can pay a red. And if you do, you can return it from your graveyard back to your hand. Oh, uh, who who's that two-drop satyr from Born of the Gods? Satyr Hedonist? Fire Drinker. Fire Drinker. Yeah. Wait, Hedonist costs one, right? Yeah, Hedonist is the one drop. He's the jackpot. Uh, does it this Pyromancy? It's an enchantment, two colorless, double red. You can pay three. Discard a card at random if Pyromancy deals damage to target creature or player equal to the converted mana cost of the discarded card. You can play Tibble! Tibble. Oh, oh, you could not. But he has mice scores. Burn them for their hand. You can also... No, I'm reading all of Jaya's, like, flavor text. Look she seems like a very word. interesting person. I like the reader someday. I like the thing we can get along. No. <laughs> Alright, let's go ahead and wrap this up then. So, that's it for our episode. Uh, I feel a little burned out now, so you know what? I think it's time to take this to the outro. You know what? I actually kind of want, I want to get this card. Now, it, it's not a burn card, but for some reason it's in here. I'm guessing probably because it has, like, first strike on it. It's a uh, reflexes. It's an enchant creature. It's an aura. It's a single red. And enchanted creature has first strike. Hmm. It seems like it would be a really good card just to pick up to put in a few um, decks that I have. Fair. Because, you know, like if, like you put it on your rail, it, be, it gives him plus two because of an aura. But it also then gives him first strike, which then turns him for well, one mana. You turn him from a five-five into a seven-seven first strike, and that leaves open four mana for you to put other stuff on him on a turn after he when he's ready to attack. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and pop out this outro. <clears throat> This has been Commander Cast episode 216. I want to go ahead and thank everyone for showing up today. Guys, thanks for coming out. Hayes, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me on. At this point, we want to go ahead and pass out the content information, starting out with our guest. Hayes, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Uh, the best way to reach me would be through my Twitter handle, at Hayes All right, then. Calvin, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? If people want to reach out and contact me, it's very simple to do. My name is Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Red Zone on the internet. And if you type in Captain Red Zone, in most places, you'll locate me. Like, if you go to Twitter, I'm at Captain Red Zone. Or you can hit me up with an email in Gmail at CaptainRedZone at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Facebook page. I'm over there. You don't really got to type Captain Red Zone out there. But if you wanted to, you can find me on there. I'm Captain Red Zone there. And it's also the Reddit. I'm down there. I'm one of the moderators there now. And my name's Captain Red Zone. You can contact me there anyway. So you basically... Social media, you type in the captain, chances are you'll find me. Except for, like, Google Plus and MySpace. Those are, like, pretty much, like, the only ones I can think of at the moment. You won't locate me by that name. Because <laughs> uh, cause they haven't, like, magically spawned their own Commander Cast page for me to actually care enough to go there, so. All right. Clay, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Um, people can reach me on the Twitter and the Gmail and the Reddit as EDH Panda. Um, and my girlfriend Mallory and I have started streaming again finally. Um, now that we're back at school, it seems like Wednesday afternoons and some Thursday afternoons, um, we should be live on twitch.tv slash pandalpaca. We recently got our 2DS within outfitted capture card, 
So we've been playing a lot of DS games, and it's been a lot of fun. Woo! Mark, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? All email all the time, folks. So my email will be in the show notes. Feel free to hit me up, guys. And gals. Alrighty. And if you want to reach me personally, you can reach me. I'm at BlueRan1409 on the Twitters. Email me, wiehernandez at gmail.com. And if you want to hit us up here at Commander Cast Prime, you have the Commander Cast Network, the Commander Castiest of Commander Cast. CommanderCast at gmail.com. Twitter at CommanderCast. And that Facebook page. Moderated by me, Calvin Judson, and Jacob, our newest admin. Leave us a review, a five-star reviews. Come on, guys. I'll read off any of them. We don't really have any this week. But, eh, I guess if you don't want to give us five-star reviews, I guess. Uh, you know what? Thanks to everyone who does contribute to our website. You're all fantastic people. You people who listen to our website, also awesome. People who come to our website and read articles, super Wait, mega listening awesome. to the website? Yeah. Put your ears to the ground, stroke it a little, wait for the buffalo to come along. <laughs> yeah. Put you to the ground. You hear that nice commander cast hum? Ooh, just purrs like when you rev it up. All right. So, music for our show is the X Meets Heavy Metal series by 331 E Rock. Check them out on YouTube. We'll check you next week with more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it! Thanks to Clay putting down show notes, I actually remembered that I need to email Aaron. Thank you, Clay. Now it's me. Now it's Clay. Clay, I trusted you. What? Clay. What? Hey, hey, it doesn't matter who did it as long as it got done, okay? So true, so true. This week's version of Squirecast, they did a lore episode based on Zendika. Zendika? Yeah. And one of the main things about the episode now during the editing that I've personally found extremely enjoyable is that they actually kind of kept with most of the lore. Hmm. And they even got a chance to touch on certain aspects of the Zendikar lore that a lot of people that I know in my area didn't know. Such as? Such as the Eldrazi Titans were worshipped as gods. They were. Because Nahiri had to explain it to the denizens, and the closest she could come with was gods. But, of course, they right. took that and ran with it in the wrong direction. Yes. yes yeah. All I know are allies. And there are more allies, and I like allies. So, and so and many allies. allies. I'm actually kind of hoping that between this set and next set that there's enough red and white allies that I can actually build that stupid deck. It's a lot of fun, <laughs> man. I'm just saying. Or, at the very least, that they give us, like, a multicolor ally that's more than just two-color. Hey, according to MTG Salvation, there's a uh, three-mana vampire ally, the new Drana, whatever that's Yeah, 
That was oh, Revenge of the Legendary. I, I, I haven't seen yes. this one. That's one of John's henchmen. Yeah. And uh, then there's what, uh, what colors is it? Just straight uh, black. black. It's huh? white black. Is it white black? On MTV Salvation it says it's black black. Just straight old black. black. Or maybe it's yeah. a, so how, maybe it's one that I haven't seen yet. There is uh, a, there is a Boros one that sucks ass. So yeah, yeah. Was, the legendary okay, Boros one. That black. thing is garbage. Yeah, I was talking to Jacob about that, and like it doesn't. It's card selection for one thing, which is all right. It gets it back on the library. Yeah, like it's cards. It's, it's cards. It's card filtering, I guess. So like you don't get dead draws, but unless you have something like an outpost seed or you have Chandra Pyromaster out, it's not actually getting you card advantage. Yeah, it's dumb as shit. It's just it's got to be the worst fucking it's legendary ringleader. creature I've seen in a, so long. It's Wings. terrible. But you can play it in your five color ally deck. But the thing yeah, is, it's but I don't even give a shit about it in my five color ally deck. Like that's that's my test. Like if I won't even play this in my stupid allies deck, then it's it's dumb. Like this but is the, too dumb. The thing the thing for me is is that in a five color ally deck, I can see it because you have way more targets for it to hit. Okay, it's, I know, but it's so dumb. Okay, but you know, know. Okay, but guys, you know what's not dumb? <laughs> what's not dumb? The fact that with the, the fact that the, with the new mythic Eldrazi, your opponents can't even. Golf clap. Uh, why? Lay on there. Why, William? Why? You can blame my various magic communities on Facebook. Someone someone pointed that out, and I was like, "Huh." I'm kind I'm, of... I'm sure they did that on purpose as a meme. I'm, what? They they can't have not done that. Okay, if you haven't seen it, look up Void Winnower. Oh, that um, eleven nine that costs nine mana. That's like, oh, you can't even can't got it. Even. Okay, now I get the now I get the joke. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, know, I saw that. The joke is really kind of giving it a little bit. I saw um, that and I was like, I'm really glad I'm not judging any standard tournaments for the next few months. Because if that becomes a thing of standard, that's all I'm gonna hear. You can't even, bro. Oh. On the other hand, I'm gonna say it every time I play it when I go to card account to play EDH. You see, the thing for it is, is that story. I thought that for a moment there, I thought he was discussing something else actually pertinent to the topic we were talking about with the five color no. allies. No. But no, 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 this is William. <laughs> he can never fucking stay on topic. He's always got to find some way to squeeze yeah. some. William segways come at right right angles. <laughs> uh. I mean, I had to force that one out of the way, so it happens. I don't know. I need I need a group. I, I kind of need a group call on this one. So you guys know I'm a dork for my non-basic lands and artifacts, but I don't know about the Shrine of the Forsaken Gods, man. I, I like it for one. flavor reasons. It's I don't really like it for play reasons. <laughs> like it's seven okay. or more lands. Oh, it's Temple of the False God, but but shittier. Plenty slower. See, yeah. for me, but slower, but it does tap for mana early. See, for yeah, me, it, does it gets tap for mana early though. So I. I give it points because it has pictures of all the gods of Zendikar as they were imagined. Yes. I will definitely put one into Kirkesh because, you know, colorless spells. I'll be uh, putting one into Eldrazi deck because Eldrazi. Ooh. Ugh. Yeah, actually, you could use it for the uh, morphs. You could use it for morphs and those transform True. guys. Right? Yeah. yeah. You could just pay it, tap, like, you know, at that point, you could just tap it for that. I mean, the so good bad. thing for it is, like, yeah, when you do have it, yes, at least it does tap for mana, so it's not like it's 100% useless waiting for that seventh land. And then when a seven land comes around, it's basically like what a free soul ring for artifacts. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, I'm going to try it out in like my uh, my Karn deck, but I'm not going to be excited to try it out. So I'm going to hold my nose and put it in there. Yeah. See, that's the only that's the only thing I have a problem with it is that it can only be used on colorless on colorless items. And that's the thing. It's just like 
Because, oh, no. like, if it just if it just gave you the two colorless mana, I'd be all for it. Because, like, when I mean, you hit seven, it jumps you to nine, then it's fine. It'd be just like, um, what should we call it? It'd be like Temple of the False God, but just it taps for one mana when it's not on. Mm-hmm. And when you and you have to wait a little longer to get the extra two. So I've been I would have been fine with that. Yeah, I would have been fine with that too. It's just they made it but, shittier. Yeah. Like just way shittier. Ugh. But then yeah. again, like in like modern, if it did do like if it just if it didn't go for colors, like if it was just two colorless mana that you could produce, four of those would give you eight mana. Combined with Tron, that could just easily just blow out the amount of like lands and mana you could produce. I know, but, but then Calvin, again, Tron I don't give a shit like, about other formats. Come on, man. You know? I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just thinking like why they would restrict it like that because like we don't give a shit about other formats. But this is the kind of thing. Like, if they had it like that, then it could easily become something that could be a problem in modern potentially. I know it's just that seven lands is kind of crazy. Like, that's a mm, that's just a crazy restriction to me. But hey, what the hell do I know? I don't want <sighs> to uh, what was the sound effect that they wanted me to look up now that I'm home? Hold on a second, gentlemen. I have to now go on to my laptop and finish editing something real quick for <laughs> Squirecast. That's fine. I gotta call my job for hours tomorrow. You don't have any hours tomorrow. Or the day after that. Or the day after that. In False. fact, you know what? Just, just, just stay at the house and when we need you, we'll contact you. False. Just they, already asked, they already asked me if I wanted to work the weekend. I was like, well, I can get some extra hours on Friday. Yeah, but that's the thing. They actually, if you wanted to work weekends, and you was like, yes, and it's like, too bad, because you're not going to work weekends, because you're not going to be here. It's the ultimate troll. That's how your manager pisses you off. He th- he gives you the illusion of extra time and extra money and extra hours just to fuck with you. That's okay, how he gets never mind. Really, I'll take you volunteers tomorrow. See? Told you. <laughs> Damn. But I, still wor- but I still work at Card Academy from 40 to midnight. Yeah, but Card Academy is amazing now, so. Yeah, it's a pretty good story here. From my understanding. Yep. yep. Wait, wait, do you have so, two stores or one store? It's one store. Card Academy. Okay. It's a fantastic shop in Railsburg, Ohio. You should look it up. Uh, at thecardacademy.net. Right <laughs> Right now we use it exclusively for selling Weiss War singles. Huh. Okay. But the good news is, after spending eight hours of my labor day sorting through shit tons of bulk, I finally managed to clear all of these collections that have been building up behind my counter. Hmm. Now I get to go through the other bulk in the far back corner that's allegedly sorted and start pulling out the eighth of vials that people keep finding. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, there's a guy who comes by periodically and he co- keeps coming to the counter. He's like, hey, you know you have this back there, right? And they're showing me like Grand Dynamos or Aether vials or just all that stuff. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Who else has been ripping me off? Uh, what was that white enchantment from Origins that gives everyone one one when a stuff enters the field? Was it a white enchantment? Yeah, it was a white... Oh, Valor of Akros. Valor of Akros. That yeah. card is deceptively good. Yeah, no, that card, I use that card and Gold Knight Commander in my Afara deck, you know, that's always pumping out tokens. Yeah. And shit just gets enormous, like, out of nowhere. No. Those are, like, straight-up wing cons in that deck. Right, but imagine this. Turn 2, Precinct Captain, followed by turn 3, Bremaz... Followed by Valor and Akros. So when they swing, first Bremas is pumping the team with the cat that he throws out. Then the Precinct Captain hits and shits out a token, which pumps everyone else out. But the Precinct Captain have first strike, so all that damage pumps the rest of the team. I just don't like Precinct Captain. I don't know. In this situation, the guy just went two drop, three drop, punch everyone in the face. Like, oh yeah, what happens if we do it? Like I, this is part of the reason why I'm remaking the deck as a, my Naya deck as a Marath deck. Like, Jesus Christ, that, I, 
I can't believe how... Like, it just looks so stupid. But then you think, well, if I can get a Sum of the Legion out... <laughs> what was that about a Sum of the Legion? A Sum of the Legion with Valor and Akros. Like, you just go Valor and Akros, then you drop a Sum of the Legion. And now, from then on, all your tokens are going to be at least two twos. And this, this is... This is going to be like a 90-degree William segue here. But I just realized yesterday, as I was looking over the site, that I somehow missed the fact that Clay titled his deck from last week French Banana King Control. And I can't say that without giggling. <laughs> like, well, come on, man. French Banana King Control? Like, that just... It's a bondage film somewhere. Like, you know it is. Aaron emailed me a couple of days ago, and apparently his brother is also named Mark, so... That's gonna get that's, that's gonna get a little confusing for me. Man, I don't like that. You know, my new boss is named Mark too. I told him he has to be other Mark. <laughs> you know, like out of Coraline. Like you can't. No, we got to think of a nickname for you or something, dude. Like I was here first. So. Uh, hold on, can, uh, Clay, can you go ahead and take uh take down that note for me at the bottom of the show notes? Sorry, don't. What? At the bottom of this episode's show notes. Go ahead and take down the idea of Commander Cast Pride Banner for all of us picking a commander. Where is this? Just take down random notes at the bo- bottom of the show notes. Like, there's no specific space. Just something so that I can remember to do it later. He just wants oh, you to type okay. it. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant, like, like deliting something. No. I was no, like, no, wait, no. I don't see any notes here. Like, what? No, no, I said take down notes. Ow. Oh, I was so confused. He just blew his mind, man. <laughs> Whoever the anonymous sheep is is doing my job for me. So sweet. Actually, do you just want to make that the community segment so that people can weigh in instead of having to wait to dangly bits? Sure, Dangle. we could do that. I yeah. could, uh, I could discard most yeah. of this dangly bit discussion and just toss that out. All right, let's go ahead and make that com- the community segment. I can go ahead and record the intro outro thing for it. Well, hold on. I oh, so, oh, well, actually, the so intro- that whole thing of what we just did—that randomness. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a reddish episode, so. Yeah, let's it, do that. It's community. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's better than going on a bitch train. Uh, what was the community for this before we got into that? It was going to be <laughs> things that happen during EDH games that piss us off. Stuff that grinds your gears. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm perfectly fine with just taking over that spot because I don't really... I, I, I didn't really have anything for that. I would have just sat back and just been like, hey, what pisses you off? Hey, Mark, what pisses you off? Hey, Clay, what pisses you off? Now that you know what pisses us off, if you ever play it, you know exactly how to piss us off. <laughs> the crew discusses where to go from here. But we still can't move on, William. Why not? You haven't done the intro for the community segment yet. Oh, right, right. I said the intro. Well, hold on. I thought I... Well, no, you, okay, we, I, we just yeah. started randomly talking, and it just kind of boiled into that. We haven't this done is, the intro section for the community segment okay, yet. Okay, I'll this is it. why we can't do segments out of order. <laughs> Not yet. That's why I'm here. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so I know what I need. I know what I need to hear in order for me to do the proper editing. And if I don't get William to do it, you know what that means? That means later on during the week, I'm going to have to edit myself in saying things, and I'm trying to avoid that. So, William, do the I'm, damn intro. And besides, through the magic of editing, anything that's excessive to a certain particular point can always just be cut and tossed at the back of the show anyway. Man, when did Dangly Bits start? I feel like Dangly Bits is the best iteration on this show, like of all time. 
Because there is just a bunch and, of shit that just gets, like, thrown out there, but it's still good, but it's not pertinent to what we're talking about. But you don't want to get rid of that stuff, so. Right. Like with Andy, Andy did it a while ago. He started a uh, long time ago. And then when William took over the site, we did it for about two or three weeks every once in a while. And then eventually it just kind of stopped when I started doing the editing. Because a lot of that time, I would be like, oh, this is a good conversation, but it has nothing to do with this. And... The clock is running low. I have no what have nowhere to put it, so I just kind of like cut it, and I put it in like an archive file. And then I realized I could just kind of like hold on to them to use them for emergency episodes, and then eventually just kind of got to the point where like, hey, you know what? Our listeners missed the dangling bits because we weren't doing them for a while. And I was like, you want dangles? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want dangles? Open the floodgates. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get people who are who occasionally don't like the dangles. Like there was a couple of people, there's like one or two people on Twitter who went, "Oh, it's a, it's just a Commander Cast dangly bit." Well, I'll just go ahead and delete this now. Well, I mean, I can understand that if it's the whole show, but the beauty of the dangly bits is, like, if you don't like the dangly bits, you ain't gotta listen to the dangly bits. Yeah, just cut it at the end. It's extra That's the beauty. Yeah. <sighs> and and then when you talk to another person who listens to Commander Cast, they tell you, "Oh, did you hear that time that?" Mark, William, Eric, and Noel were talking about that amazing Maroth deck or whatever the case may be, and this thing last week, and you're like, what? I don't remember that at all. They didn't. Last week, they were talking about this and that dirty. They're like, no, nah, it was in a dangly bit. Then they got to go back, re-download it, and then just go listen to a dangly bit. So that means we get two for one. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. See, it's the funny thing about the Shasani deck that I'm turning into the Maroth deck is that this was actually, like, it's the long-line descendant of the original Rith Tokens deck that was my first ever EDH deck. Mm-hmm. Like, Rith was the first stupid, I'll put all my junk rares and call it a deck deck, which was bad, but I loved it because at the time, Nioh was my favorite three-color combination. Then Kalia and stuff came out, and I learned how to build an actual fucking deck. So it was an actual Rith the Awakener token deck. Then I decided, you know what, this isn't really working for me. The dragon just keeps getting dead, or they keep dying before I can make tokens, and tokens is what I want to do. So Rith became Reese, or no, no, Rith became Gave first. And then Gave was too stupid broken, and I kept hurting my head trying to th- trying to figure out how my infinite combos were going off. Coming, guru of combo. Yeah, and people were getting angry at me because they were telling me, hey, you can just win. Why don't you just fucking win already? So Gave became Reese. And then Tristani came out, and Reese and Tristani were going back, were flipping back and forth before I settled on Tristani for the life gain. And now Tristani's going back to Naya as Marath. It's all coming huh. together. And so it works. So like this, this is this is a deck with a long history. See, right. that deck sounds like it has almost as much history as my Boros deck does. What happened with your Boros deck? Uh, started off with Argus Cost. Uh, Argus Cost got switched to Gisela. And then Gisela got switched to Aurelia. Uh, Aurelia got switched back to Argus because I didn't like the idea of having to pay out that extra mana for the large creature at my commander part. Because I kind of like casting my commander repeatedly, and I don't like the idea of it being a creature that I'm only going to get a chance to cast once or twice. If that's the case, if it's going to win me the game, it might as well just be in a deck and I can just slap it down and be a surprise as opposed to sitting in the command zone. Then from there, it went to... Who's the other one? The red white, the other red white commander, redrop one for the uh, the gate run the the gate runner. What's his name? The guy who gets indestructible. Tajik. Yeah, yeah, turned to Tajik for a little while. Didn't really work. 
went from Tajik back to Argus because I didn't really like Tajik. Then after Tajik and after Argus, it split into Iros, which is what it currently is. God of lift. <laughs> and, and and hasn't un, and hasn't unlifted yet. It's just still kind of been there. Still and the gym, at that huh? point, Yeah, still the guy. You know, all I really want to do is just to play the Mara Tamers. Mara? I just want to play a token oh. that uses a Mara. Ugh. Just better than you give her credit for. Like, uh, just, oh, God. I don't know, man. I mean, who knows? You know, maybe it's one of those cards that I just look at and it looks like crap and then I'll come around on. Hey, man. Hey, no, talk to Tom, aka MTG Radio, about the Amara deck. He Tom did turn me around on Afara, I tell you that much, because I looked at Afara and I thought it was a big old stinky dookie. And then Tom's like, no, man, just do this. Wait, was, 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 right. that, was that a technical term? The big old stinky dookie? Yeah, it is actually. It's, it's a. It's a scientific term. I don't like to bust it out too much on the podcast, but, you know. Yeah, no, Tom loves the Amara token, Zach. All right. Hmm. So you guys ready to go in strategy, then? No, I guess so. Community. Uh, already done. Okay. <clears throat> Side kind of tangent. I think that this would be a good... I This would make, like, a good point for uh, another different type of series that we could go through. Like, turning the player into a mancer of some type or another. <laughs> but... Because... Uh, you know, like Pyromancer, Necromancer, Lithomancer, and all the various mancers that Magic has. What? Heriomancer. Uh, it's I don't know that is. Yeah, Hieromancer. There we go. Necromancer. A law mage. Yeah, and yeah, so I'm saying, like, but uh, like a deck built with a minimum amount of creatures, but you, the commander, you're the player who plays the deck. You're the one throwing around the spells. You don't. You're not bringing stuff back from your graveyard. You're rising stuff from other people's graveyard when you're a necromancer. You're not bringing. You're you're bringing the burn as the planeswalker. So you're playing all the burn spells. You're killing all the creatures yourself with lightning bolts and stuff. Bolt, bolt. So I think that would be like a good like future cycle of shows for us to go through. Like turning the players into like you know like if if this was like a war, you're standing alone mostly. And using your massed power as a planeswalker to try to take down other people's armies. Not with an army, but just with your sheer biggest, biggest dickiness. <laughs> okay, tell That's you what. a technical term. Mark, you know that, uh, that document we had for show ideas? Yeah. You just go ahead and write down all the show ideas we came up with tonight on there for Sure. Me? Thank you. That way we can. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna need that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yep, so th- we have Slump, When to Retire a Deck, and now this. <laughs> Alright then. So, back on topic. Yeah, ignore what I just said. That has nothing to do with it. That's getting cut. Actually, it might be slipped into the dangly bit section for just for re- remembrance's sake, so we can try to remember what the hell we were talking about. Some shows use a teaser at the end to entice you to, to watch the next episode. We use a dangle. All of the dangling. Such tease. All right. Hey, food. I had it right there. <laughs> this is obviously Ashling. I'm going to go get food. Mark, burn. <laughs> oh, man. Don't bring um, your food. Hey, gentlemen, I have chicken. Mmm, chicken. Mm. I got, uh, let's see here. I got chicken <laughs> tenders that are covered in atomic buffalo, uh, atomic barbecue sauce from <laughs> Cluck U University, because Cluck U. And I also have a chicken quesadilla here. You mm. have, uh, like, multiple nationalities of chicken going on there, man. Yes. It was just going to be the tenders, but then everybody else in the family was ordering quesadillas, and I was like, you know what? Since you're all getting quesadillas, I'll get one, too, because I haven't had one in, like, forever, so. That's like a good quesadilla. Mm-hmm. The only thing I wish I had now was a beer. 
I need to go buy beer. That's what I'm going to buy tomorrow. I'm going to buy me some beer. Bring Here's it here. the problem that you can't get, like, beer delivered. That's a problem we need to fix. Uh, okay. Here's a joke for you while William's gone. Uh, what do you call a vermin inside your dessert? Hmm. A pie rat. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's another one. What is Mario's overalls made out of? No yeah, guesses. None at all. I got one. Yep. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> I got, hey, I knew that one. Yeah, he got uh, it. <laughs> so, let's see. I wonder what's going on over at the dad joke subreddit. Oh, God. <laughs> I think William intentionally brings us here every week just so he can torture us with his dad joke. Probably. This one says, what's Forrest Gump's favorite pasta? What, shrimp? Penny. Uh, I'm not amused. No, you're Clay. Uh, so. Just gotta finish this donut stick. That is one loud-ass donut. Yeah. I don't know, eating on mic, man. I can't, I don't know. I can't take it. Hey, were you able to hear me eating just now? No, you were totally fine. But that donut mm. is munching all up in that microphone. You see, the thing is, is I'm eating a chicken quesadilla, and I didn't make any noises. And I've got, like, all the sauces and shit. Perfectly, perfectly audio silent. Where yeah, on the other hand? Like, that is a loud food, too, man. Like, hey, where you on the other hand? One fucking donut. You, like, uh, there it is. To be fair, it was a little Debbie donut, so there was a wrapper. And also, the blue snowball is, like, really sensitive. I feel like that's a really, really good Metal Gear Solid reference that I could place there, but I, I just couldn't quite nail it. Oh, Hayes, don't talk about Metal Gear Solid, man. I have been doing nothing but in my limited free time in the last week and a half. What, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5? Oh, my God, all the Metal Gear. I, I went down the Metal Gear hole, man. I'm like, I was waiting for it forever and ever, and so I'm like, I can just play 3 and then Peace Walker, and like, over the summer, and then I was trying to dive into 4 again, and oh, God, now it's just all the Metal Gear. Ground yeah. Zeroes. And then more, just the Phantom Pain, man. So much, so oh, much Phantom Pain. How many Metal Gear games are there now? Uh, it depends see. on if you count canonical Metal Gear games or not. <laughs> but, well, there's we don't. I don't know if you want to go into this, man. This is this is bad. Let's be fair. We don't count the other M does not exist. That is a fan fiction that existed for a while, but was grossly hated. That is true. But there's like there's there's the sequels to Metal Gear. There's the canonical Metal Gear. There's there's Kojima's Metal Gear that he puts in the fiction, and then there's some shit that just gets left out. So so it's actually just, just more, speaking just game wise though, right? Just game wise. The, the original Metal Gear. Right. There's the original Metal Gear. Then there's Snake's Revenge. So there's Snake's right. Revenge, but there's also the other Metal Gear, one of which did not come to America, and I can't remember which one. There's, there's okay. one that well, we got, I, one I that didn't. It, I don't count it. Yeah. There's, so there's, there's one in there, but the one that came to America is not canon. So right. then that's the weird part. So, like, there's the other Japanese one that whatever. And then blah, blah, blah. Like, there's Metal Gear Solid, which is the one everyone. Solid. Yep. That's the, that's the one that everyone's like the touchstone. There's Metal Gear Solid 2. There's Metal Gear Acid. That's the one right. on Game Boy or Ghost Babel. That's the and other name. Uh, the Snake Eater. Your Snake Eater, still my favorite. Snake Eater, still my favorite. Although Phantom Pain might take the might take the top slot. 
Um, uh, I still think the first, I think Metal Gear Solid would be one of my favorites, just because that one I've played multiple times. The rest of them I've played, but uh, it's like I go through them like twice and I'm done. Like the first one, it's like I've gone through that game like at least like 12 times. Oh yeah, that game's awesome. See, I mean, I, uh, I'm almost scared to pick up a Solid Metal Gear, because Ashley's apparently, she's either played them or she's like read about them. She's like, yeah, sometimes they throw these weird challenges at you, like there's a boss where your controller stops working. And the only way to get it working again is to plug it into the other slots. Yeah, man. And I'm like... Psycho Mantis. It's like one of the most amazing boss fights of all time. (laughs) And I'm like... but the, but the amazing part is, is that when you're playing it on your PlayStation, if you have the memory card in there and you have, like, other games from Konami, he starts reading your memory card and starts talking to you about other games you've played. And if you get the, the Game Boy, or sorry, the GameCube version, because they made, they made, uh, Twin Snakes on the GameCube, which is just a remake of the first one, he starts talking to you about all the Nintendo games you have on your stick. It's pretty sweet. And let's see. After, and then there's the, there's two. the Snake Eater. There's what you might call it. There's a uh, after Snake Eater. What was it? There was the one with Big there's, Boss for the PSP. Yeah, there's Peace Walker. Uh, there's there's a couple of them. Peace like, Walker, I think it is. Peace Walker. There's Portable Ops one and two, but apparently Portable right. Ops one and two aren't canon, so they just go for Peace Walker. Peace Walker is amazing. Like I've been replaying that like recently as I was waiting for the new one to drop, and that thing is still amazing. And the thing that like. I don't know if any of the reviews already talk about is that Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain is really just the 3D version of Peace Walker. Like, you do the same shit. It's just like Peace Walker writ large. Like, it's the exact same game, pretty much. It's just with better graphics and all kinds of other better shit. And then, let's see, after... And then with that, there's uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Yep. There's, then there's... Uh, four, uh, Peace Walker came after 4. Right, and then there's... So... Uh, uh, and there's also the Metal Gear Solid with, uh, where you play solely as Raiden. Yep, there's Revengeance. That right, takes right, place right, 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 after right, well, 4. Uh, I mean, canonically, right, that takes right, place after kick, 4. Yeah, we're right in, like, like, we go from being a little pansy bitch to the actual kick-ass ninja. Oh, yeah, the fucking kick-ass to ninja, like, just slicing shit in the million. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. every fucking thing. Oh, yeah, all the slicing. Um, all right, and, so while I've got you guys here, then, what's with the whole a game made by Kojima meeting that's going on? Oh, so there's a big thing in, like, Konami kind of fired Kojima, kind of didn't fire Kojima, like... Kind of. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. So, like, there's a thing about Kojima, like, he's his name is splashed all over Metal Gear, um, and it's usually on the box, because, you know, he's a, he's pretty much one of the, the, the bigger names in games, um, but because Konami, like, kind of had a shit fit with him, or vice versa, or because it's a Japanese company, and frankly, we're never going to know what happened behind closed doors, there was something that happened, and they took Kojima's name off the box, which has always been there before, and... The, the funny thing is, like, Kojima's name is, is literally all over, like, you can't, you, you can't play an episode, cause it's kinda of broken down in episodes of Phantom Pain, without seeing Kojima's name at least five times. Because they run credits for every, for all the story missions in that game, and like credits like it's a movie. So at the beginning of it, you'll see created by Hideo, Hideo Kojima, directed by Hideo Kojima, story by Hideo Kojima, like ideas by Hideo <laughs> Kojima, for every single story mission in that game, but they took his name off the box. Because they were mad at him. So that explains the picture of him literally writing his name on every box. Ex- yep, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that's like, I guess if you're really down the rat hole of Metal Gear, which unfortunately I guess I am, but uh, yeah. So that, that's the Metal Gear thing. All right. I will have to say though, watching the Snake versus on Death Battle was really sweet. Yeah, Snake versus uh, what was it, Sam from uh, uh Splinter Cell? I think so. Hmm. Very cool. All right. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up in our technology. <clears throat> Get it. 
Is Hayes muted? Hayes? Hayes? I, I Hayes! I saw that coming. Uh, damn, <laughs> I always heard Chris talk. Hold him up. Menegas.com